All right, y'all, it's Thanksgiving Monday. Uh, the week is on. And, of course, at the gym, it's Planksgiving. They always have to do that. Plank every every round, plank every round. All right, enough of that. Walking the plank. We're not walking the plank here. We'll make them walk the plank. No, the bad guys. Yeah, we got to talk about them today. How about the globalists with their monetary system? How many years have I been warning you about your vulnerability, my our vulnerability? It's not the paper money. That's bad enough. Fiat system, the debasement of the currency, inflation, but the digitization of all currency. That's interesting. What does that mean? We watch what happened in Canada. You know what's going on in China. They want it here in the United States. I'm going to shore up that vulnerability today, along with uh, an interview with Dr. Mark Sherwood, who I met for the first time at Clay Clark's big event, Reawaken America and, and Branson last a few weeks ago. He's going to be at the next one as well. I can't wait to have him on board and uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, also, uh, FDA oversight on clinical trials, grossly inadequate. You think that'd be a problem? Don't see much in the news on that. But if they tested an herb or homeopathic medicine and had anything less than uh, pristine coverage of it, uh, it would be trashed. And now we're talking about the trials for all the, the jabs that people are getting. Hopefully they're not getting them anymore. Uh, loneliness. Stella Morabito, her book, Weaponization of Loneliness, How Tyrants Abuse and Use That Fear of Loneliness Against Us. That certainly came out in the COVID time as well. So that and a whole lot more. Share the show with your friends, robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's the chat room. We'll see you there. And let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. All right. Let's uh, crank up another broadcast week here in studio before uh, the Thanksgiving holiday is upon us here in the United States. All around the world, uh, you know, gratitude is something we talk about as vitamin G. Uh, it's something we try not to do just once a year. I think that'd be a little unreasonable. Yeah, once a year, I'm allowed to be grateful. Now, how about every waking breath? <laughs> Good Lord, it's amazing. We're alive despite a lot of obstacles. And I'm glad you're here. This hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Mark Sherwood, first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show officially. Uh, we met him at the uh, event that uh, Clay Clark put on, the Reawaken America Tour. I spoke there for the first time a couple of weeks, a few weeks back in Branson. Next one's up in uh, January in Nashville. Hopefully make it back to that as well. Um, but you know, I want to talk about, uh, well, something that's just, you know, people don't think about a health show talking about economics. But I've done it for years because I, I pointed this out for my own discovery that I was raised on pharmaceutical food. What does that mean? It was drugs. I was raised on drugs. All right. I had a pharmaceutical. My dad was in the pharmaceutical industry. My uncle was a medical doctor. Those of you who were with me a long time, you know the story. But I didn't know about natural medicine. Never heard the word homeopathy until I was 24 years of age. And so it was a, a major revelation and answer to prayers uh, to God for many years to help me overcome my ailments and illnesses that the doctors were not helping me with. They were only poisoning me and, and, and suppressing symptoms, but making me functionally worse over time. And as I began to change and, and I did on a pretty much on a dime at the age of 24, when I met the, my mentor in homeopathic medicine and switched it out and went organic, helped clear and clean my liver, all of that. I, I said, my gosh, I was lied to about my body. I was lied to about medicine, remedies, healthcare, healing, all of that. And my mind wouldn't stop there. I said, my gosh, if they so, so profoundly deceived me about something so vitally important called something called healthcare, I wonder what else they lied to me about, huh? Anybody else have that occurrence to you? You know, it's like, 
oh, it was just that, right? Some people are still in the, of that mindset. It's like, well, they only deceived me here, but everywhere else I'll believe them. This is something that has annoyed me about, dare I say it, conservative libertarians over the years. This is not a blanket statement because I consider myself in terms of politically, you know, libertarian. I'm not a party member of any kind, but uh, conservative in many ways. As a dad, you, you tend to be that way. And yet, as I went and spoke, for instance, for the 10th Amendment Center, they used to do nullification now tours. This was back, I think the first one I did was 10-10-10. It was a perfect date. October 10th of 2010, we had the, the big event uh, in Orlando at the time where I was living. And it was uh, an extraordinary event. But here I was talking about health freedom issues and taking on the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which included many of the allopathic physicians. And it was fascinating because they were like, I, I like your freedom thing, but why are you talking bad about drugs and vaccines? That, no, we can't go there. I'm like, dude, they're lying to you. Well, no, no, that's just too far, too much. Now, of course, here we are 12, 14 years later, whatever it is, and people are, oh, yeah, they're lying to us about that, too. We, we kind of gave them a pass when medicine and government combined. We're like, well, that one's okay. We don't like it when government does other things, but we, we want them to take care of us. We want the healthcare involvement in some way, shape, or form. And I've got stuff to talk about in regards to our friends in Canada and their socialized system and other countries around the world that believe single-payer socialized systems are optimal or ideal. And I'll show you how disastrous that is as well. Not that we have a true free market in America, but how do we pay for stuff? That's where we start. The Brownstone Institute has got another great article, as they always do. Their opinion pieces are well-researched. This is written by Josh Steilman. Headline reads, From COVID to CBDC, The Path of Full Control. And I'm like, whoa, CBD? Yeah, that's good. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. How are they going to control us with CBD? That's sort of free in our mind a little bit. Well, it's not the CBD you think it is. It's called Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. Now, if you've ever seen Dr. David Martin's lectures, he blows the whistle all the way back to the history of the United States starting point. That even though we are founded on phenomenally great principles, unlike any other uh, government on the planet, in terms of our founders, they understood the history of uh, governments on the you know on planet Earth, including you know all the different uh, oligarchies, particularly the you know the monarchy, the king, queen, emperor kind of concept. But then over the time, we've seen uh, communism, socialism, various forms of collectivism, just dis destructive of the means, or let me say, destructive of uh, our individual liberty. And our founders understood that. But if we go back to the, the foundation of, of any country, it's founded on some form of economics. How, how is it funded? Bank, banks, bankers. And it turns out it's all drug money going so far back, so far back, drug money. Now, if we uh, move forward to, um, to understand what's happening today with the banking system, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 set the, the, charted the course to destroy what we, we, what we knew as the dollar. You know, when I was growing up, I, they acknowledged it was down to four cents. No, a dollar, what was it worth in 1913 versus, I don't know, back in the 80s, 90s, whatever. But now it's maybe three cents, two cents. By what? Learning about fractional reserve banking, fiat money, et cetera. We realized that there's been a vulnerability. If you tried to save in paper money, used to be tied to gold or silver, now completely uncoupled from it since the failure of Bretton Woods too. When Nixon, he closed the gold window, but even before that, they, they, they just removed the silver right around that time too. 
And at that point, you had a fully floating currency that became known as the petrodollar, was held together by gunboat diplomacy, on and on it goes. And now we're seeing perhaps the limits to where it will stretch no further as we've exported so much of our inflation to, to China because they've been willing to en enslave us to the debt that they want to come in and collect. And they're buying up a lot of things on planet Earth, including things here in the United States, much less Biden <laughs> and many of the politicians. California leftists, a lot, of, a lot in Canada, they're in Australia. Heck, they're down in Jamaica doing stuff. Like China, it's like building roads in Jamaica and bridges in Jamaica. What is that? So this is a real, real concern for me moving forward is what is our vulnerability? I've talked about our vulnerability uh, regarding COVID, what preceded it, our fear of germs. They played that fear to every inch that they could to divide us and conquer us. And yet we are still vulnerable if we don't fo follow deeply into the, the lies that are the viral cause of disease, as opposed to whatever they did to gain a function, you know, weaponize something as a delivery system as opposed to it being just whatever a virus is, exosome, whatever you want to call it, that I don't believe is truly the cause of any disease. If anything, it's a detox communication. Uh, it's controversial to say so, but I think one day we'll look back at viruses and go, well, we got that all wrong. Clearly, we got that all wrong. And even if we talk about bacteria and fungal species being causative, they are really the result of a terrain that has become corrupted. And it's one thing to attack and kill them if you can do so without attacking and killing yourself, your cells. And that's part of our strategy here when we talk about natural medicine, homeopathy, the use of silver, other things, herbs, et cetera. So as we look at this from COVID to CBDC, uh, the path to full control, read this article and you'll understand the vulnerability we have still. If we're relying on bank accounts that they're trying to digitize, their intent is to fully digitize every dollar, the digital dollar. The Federal Reserve is on board. This goes through the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. They're all tied together. And they want to make it so that you cannot spend if you're not behaving according to their edicts, right? You have the wrong political belief, the wrong religious belief. You actually spoke out on something you truly believe with all your heart, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a popular opinion for the woke crowd. They're going to shut you down. You protest government. Look what happened in Canada. The system is already enacting in China and it's only getting worse and it's coming here unless you put a stop to it. And how do you do that? You might not have the power to do it directly. But indirectly, as you use fewer and fewer dollars and more and more other options and go local and hyper-local, you have the ability to bring the power to heal economically back where it belongs. Instead of a centralized bureaucracy or banker, whether it's the Fed or the IMF or World Bank, global governance and communism, it's your local community interacting in a way that is filled with freedom. This is why I bring this up, and I'm going to bring in Dr. Mark Sherwood just momentarily here. Um, for instance, as an innovative aside, these are not digital dollars, what I'm holding. These are goldbacks. You see, if you're watching on the screen, this is an innovation based on technology to allow to micronize gold, put it in between two layers, and actually hold the gold at a fractional amount so that you can actually use gold as a, an everyday purchase. Instead of, you think about buying a loaf of bread or some eggs, you think of a silver dime. How much is it worth related to the funny, funny money we have? But you can now do that with gold. We need more innovation like that. And if you think, this is my opinion, it's upsetting to some, if you think that we can just go with crypto, you see the vulnerability there. And if you're naive enough to believe that the CIA or the NSA doesn't have backdoor access to it, I, I don't know what you're missing here. I'm going to go more into this because there's a lot to talk about with Dr. Mark Sherwood. He's aware of all of this. A great guy. I met him for the first time just a few weeks ago at Clay Clark's event. Hope to see him at the next one in Nashville. He's been doing this for a long time, naturopathic physician and his wife, also a physician. 
doing extraordinary work. Let's welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Dr. Mark Sherwood. <laughs> hey, Robert. Thanks for having me, man. I look forward to being with you. I've been looking forward to it. And, and I want to acknowledge the idea to say thank you for getting it because I, I talk to a lot of people that don't understand this to the level you do. And it's so um, humbling and gratifying to connect with someone that's so well-rounded in this area. So my hat's off to you, man. Well done. Well, thanks. And it, you know, it's an interesting thing when you have the background as you do in natural medicine and you begin to, as I say, apply those principles everywhere else and not in isolation. Like they love it when we're isolating things, right? And that's the kind of, you know, we can, we can be separated out, divided and conquered as opposed to applying those principles that I believe come from God in all areas of our life with no exception. And that's the big challenge we all have. Yeah. I look at life like that. You know, the, the old, let's call it the, uh, the root cause of things philosophy and everything I look at it, you know, that's how we bring about healing in people's lives through the natural um, healing modalities. As we look upstream, as far as we can go, what was the root cause of that and that and that. And then if we can figure that out, the root cause of these symptoms that are sort of grouped together to name diseases. If we can fix the root cause of the symptoms, the symptoms go away, disease becomes irrelevant at that point. And when you look at life like that, you know, what's the root cause of this and that and this and that. And I go back to this idea, the root cause of what we're dealing with right now is the, the love of money being the root of all evil. It really is the root. And that's what started all this mess when people started valuing profits over people and profits over health and profits over principles. And well, you get the idea. Well, and even uh, convenience. I mean, life, let's look back at our lifetime um, in America, let's say specifically, even the poorest among us had cell phones, much less cars and, and different things, heat and cold and a roof over our head. Of course, there are always people that had, uh, you know, whether it be mental aberrations or serious drug addiction, they ended up homeless. And I acknowledge that. But for the most part, We've lived even as poor people, kings and queens, middle age, middle class people, kings and queens. We had everything available to us. We didn't have to grow our own food. It magically appears in grocery stores. And we exchange these pieces of paper that we think we're working for that are our property that actually we learn now, maybe a long time ago for some of us, uh, is not our property. It's the property of the Federal Reserve International Banking System that has, well, it's not federal. It's not part of the government, nor does it have any reserves. This is G. Edward Griffin's classic uh, uh, book, you know, the creature from Jekyll Island that awoke some of us up over the years. And we just had the Red Pill Expo with him as well. And and so we look at vulnerabilities in terms of sickness, cause, you miss root cause concepts. And I, I look at as much as we can teach, and a lot of people are learned about natural health and natural medicine, don't want to be on drugs anymore. That's great. But if they're still paying for their naturopath with Federal Reserve notes converted then to a digital dollar, the vulnerability is that, whoa, 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 Dr. Mark Sherwood, uh, you're not into the uh, COVID vaccines. Uh, we're we're going to shut down your uh, ability to interface with the economy or people that want to spend their money with you because they have control over it in a digital sense. And there, there's some bullet points in this article. You know, here's some things like total control health. Uh, you didn't take your booster. Sorry, you're not allowed in public spaces. They shut your ability to interact with the world with a digital ID, a vaccine passport, energy. You used your energy allotment for this month. Sorry, your electric car won't start. You ate too much this week. Your money is only good for plants or bugs. You had too much meat this week. Uh, how about savings? You, if you don't take your money, your rations and spend them, we're not allowed you to save anything. Your money will expire at the end of the month. Expiring money. Isn't that interesting? And free speech. You shared info that we disagree with. Sorry, our algorithm is finding you. And we're seeing PayPal is already instituting policies like that. 
So we're not even conspiratorial in terms of, a, of some kind of fantasy about what's happening. This is very real, but yet people are kind of loathe to look at that. It's all like one step too far because we're so comfortable with the economic system we've been growing up with for, well, decades now. Yeah, I, I like your uh, your point about that. And and, and to respond, I'll, I'll give you kind of a analysis example here. Um, people in bondage can get so comfortable in bondage that they don't realize they're in bondage. They don't want to get out into freedom because it's too scary. In other words, they don't want to accept reality. And reality is, you know, like even we talk about the health crisis that we have, uh, not just in America, but growing exponentially around the world. People eating absolute non-food, unfood, call it Franken-food or fruit items, you know, that aren't food at all. And there's they're not only anti-nutrients, they're non-nutrients. And so the body systems can't operate because they have no fuel. But that's where people are. And they're comfortable there eating their comfort food in their little prison. And you mentioned something very keen with the idea of society with money. It's mm-hmm. going that direction. Look at China, the social economic scoring systems they're already yeah. um, doing. And they're already playing it out to perfection. The citizens of China, they don't want to leave. You know, they, they could, but they don't want to. And yet here we are in a situation now that is upon us, Robert. It is upon us. The time is now. And I am pleading with people to wake up and Mm -hmm. not just smell the roses, but see reality. Because if we don't wake up and see reality right now, um, yeah, there's going to be a few people that are going to escape that stuff because we see it coming. And we're going to have preparedness, ingenuity good ideas such as like mm-hmm. the gold back that's going to work and we're going to not just survive, but we're going to thrive. But there's going to be people that are going to suck into that vortex yeah. and they're heading that way right now because they just don't want to deal with it. They're too comfortable where yeah. they are and the comfort zone can be one that is both good and bad. Pay attention to where mm-hmm. you are in that sort of uh, transition time. Yeah. I, as, as, you know, someone who operates outside of the pharmaceutical system or, but I grew up in it. So, you know, know it all too well. I've found that, and even on this show, like you can talk about controversial subjects and you'll get a pass. Oh yeah, that's controversial. But you start talking about food. Suddenly yeah. people are like, oh no, you, you know, you can, you can insult their religion, but don't tell them that they should be eating something that is not genetically modified that they can't, you know, get in a foil wrapper or something. And it's just astonishing how much we have gone to sleep on what it takes to be alive and thrive, partly because, as I said, I grew up as a city slicker. I didn't know. I, I read about farms, but never been on one in my young life. It's like, hey, look at the food just all here. And so we now have to, I think, come to uh, grips with the reality that if we don't go back to produce our own. I, I used this example of Sri Lanka recently. They, they went in all in on the ESG scores, you know, of, of World Economic Forum, and they suddenly you know, to get their scores up so they can have access to these loans and other things through the IMF World Bank. They said, all right, everybody has to, all the farmers have to go organic, which is a laudable goal over time. But to, to cut off, you know, chemical agriculture and all the nitrogen fertilizer overnight mm-hmm. with nobody growing food, it's, it's, it's a recipe for starvation disaster, which is what happened there in Sri Lanka. And, and yet, you know, again, you, they, they couch these laudable goals in a way that they market it and think, well, now everybody has to give up their automobiles because the world is going to end if we don't, despite yeah. the fact that even if Americans stop driving cars, what they're doing in China and in India and, and everywhere else, it's like it's inconsequential relatively. So we, we know it's it's a modus of, of control. 
and enslavement, also the utilization of energy. So all of this is related. It is. And um, if people don't understand, I mean, I'll use my little, I was in law enforcement for 24 years before becoming a naturopath, but um, the sales pitch, if you will, on this digital currency thing, and I appreciate you sending me that article, is, uh, it's, it's going to be sounding like this. And I'm going to paraphrase it for effect. It's going to be, listen, ladies and gentlemen, or my fellow Americans or my fellow citizens of the world, um, how would you like to have a way to stop crime, to slow down drug trafficking, to slow down sex trafficking, to be able to really slow down fraud? Are you tired of having your income stolen, your identity stolen? Wouldn't you like to have another way, a way that gives clarity and takes away crime and Make sure that nobody is going to steal your money. See where it's going? It's like an obvious, easy sale, sale to people. And we're going to um, fall for that trap and fall for that, well, I'll just say that crap, mm -hmm. unless we really pay attention to what's going on because all I just said sounds good. But is it good? Well, the answer is no, because, again, the long-term effect of that is to be able to control what you spend, when you spend, where you spend, how you spend, and to whom you spend with. And so all of these things are happening, and you're right. People like me out here trying to um, teach people how to get free from that, uh, not for a second are they going to support a no, business I like ours. It, it's no, not no. going to work. So, you know, you're right on point with that. And people need to wisen up, grow up, mm -hmm. adult up and realize this is upon us and it is happening. And it's happening so fast that we better stay on it because it's going to roll over us if we're not aware. Reducing our vulnerabilities. Uh, that's part of the process here. And as you point out, I always said, grow up. All right. We got to mature. And I think that's spiritual maturity as well, because we've gotten so lazy and, you know, look, I'm a, a prayerful guy. I pray to God, but I don't ask God to do that, which I can do for myself. Uh, that's not what, that's not how prayer works. I, at least that's my perspective. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody, but that is something that I said, we have the capacity to do a lot of things. And then the things we genuinely don't have control over, yes, turn over to God and, and ask for inspiration and guidance. And, and I do, uh, because it often seems too daunting. It's too big. But those folks and entities that are trying to enslave us I don't perceive that they have God on their side. And I don't, I don't mean to set up a religious war here, but I think you understand the spirit with which I communicate that, that they have intimidation, they have fear. And, you know, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. That's also what we hear. You know, if you read the Bible, it's in there as well. But the idea that fear is, a, is, is kind of a, a symptom, but a, a, a symptom that says, hey, you're off course. There's something there that you might need to look at and do differently so that you don't fall prey to their tactics, which include putting you in a state of chronic fear, which is fight or flight. And that is not something that's good for survival, much less critical thinking skills. And then we don't learn from history either. We don't. And, uh, you know, people erroneously think, uh, Robert, that now they've only been doing this for a couple of years, you know, it's ushered in with COVID hard stop on that. No, this has been happening for a long time. Let's go back mm -hmm. to the, um, the food pyramid. Just just for argument's sake, and I'm going to draw something out maybe people hadn't thought of for the first time, you know, today. Well, the pyramid, which I just made with my hands here, um, is symbolic of the architecture in a country called Egypt. Well, let us go back in history in Egypt. God's people were in bondage. 
They didn't want to go out. They didn't want to leave. And finally, they were um, coaxed in leaving by a dude named Moses who had some courage. He had an anatomical correct thing called a spine. We need more <laughs> of that today. Now, with that said, Moses went to the head people and said, let my people go, man. And they refused. And even after they got out and were actually told to get out and paid to get out, they some of them still wanted to go back. They just grumbled and belly ached, even though they were heading to a place that was better the promised land. Well, you fast forward to the food pyramid. And this was the first shot over the bow, in my opinion. The government got involved in our health. And shortly thereafter that, they transferred vaccine liability over from the vaccine companies to the government. So this is a two-pronged sort of strategy here to get us dependent upon big medicine and big government to care for us and take care of our health. And so this food pyramid, back to the pyramid again, symbolic of just like Egypt, grains and breads, Again, putting us in bondage with these genetically modified, chemically processed um, non-foods that actually make us addicted by hitting onto our opioid receptors, right? And also making us sick by destroying our guts, creating this leaky gut phenomenon in part, leading to many autoimmune diseases. And now we've got this big dependence upon big drugs. And so now we live in a chronically inflamed world with immunocompromised being the norm, with one in three Americans now being insulin resistant. And people don't want to leave because guess what? That food is genetically modified. No, not it. It's also subsidized, mm -hmm. meaning it's made cheap. And now we talk about inflation, what is made cheaper. We're going to make sure our people are fed because we're going to keep subsidizing this nonsense. And by the way, we're going to lower your drug prices too. Now, that's a classic politician response. And from a former mm -hmm. candidate running for governor, I can tell you that most politicians, even the ones we like, are bought and paid for with big pharma. Yeah. You can look and see where they took their money, folks. It is public information. And unless they come out against it, you can bet they're for it. So, you know, a lot I just said there, but all that said mm -hmm. is people are in bondage at present. It didn't just come upon us. It's been a it's been sort of this drift over to that area. Many and we generations. Get away from it right now. Yeah. And it, it is scary to leave bondage, even though you think, well, wouldn't everybody want to not be a slave? But boy, it's real comfortable. You get room and board and occasionally they feed you, even though the food ain't good. And, you know, I'm dealing with, um, you know, really good people and good friends trying to do better. And I look at Thanksgiving coming up. Okay? Oh. This, is, this is this is not me making uh, attacks or critiques on anybody in this audience. Trust me when I'm saying this. I, I understand to overcome what we're challenged with, for instance. When I switched to organic food in 19, let's see, 90, when I learned of my liver toxicity and the homeopath said, look, you're, you're, you're not on a good course. And you didn't have to convince me of that, but I didn't know. No doctor said my liver was congested. No mm -hmm. doctor suggested I go on organically grown foods and stay away from pesticides and the like. And I'm like, you know what? I've been sick 24 years. I think I'm going to try this. <laughs> and it worked. And I've never looked back. And then, you know, we look at these holidays and still people are going to indulge in factory farmed uh, turkeys and, you know, factory farm, chemically grown process. And, the, you know, the excuse is always, well, I, I can't afford to eat the way you do, Robert. I'm like, okay. When I started eating organically, it was a lot more expensive relative to the cost of regular food and a lot less available. And I took a leap, a leap of faith because I prayed to God for help and I finally got it. And now I'm going to go, God, sorry, I can't afford it. I'm not going to eat the way I think you want me to eat. I was like, no, I don't think that's right. I'm going to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it, 
but I'm listening and I'm going to, I'm going to go this course because I think this is what will change my life for the better for the future. And every month I had enough to cover the food and more the law of abundance versus the law of poverty. And, and poverty consciousness is one that is an affront to God, I believe, because it, it destroys the worthiness that we all have, at least theoretically or you know, in a, an illusory state. But we have the power of co-creation. So if we believe we're not worthy, it becomes our reality. Mm-hmm. And yet, if we don't value what we put into our body enough, maybe we don't value ourselves enough to say, you know what, I'm worth it. And then find out that when you do that, which you're prescribed to do by God, to do the best by the the body you've been given, the temple I believe it to be, then you find life meets you. Life meets you. You're not being indulgent because they used to try to say people that eat organic are, you know, they're elitist. I'm like, dude, yeah, okay, I'm an elitist then. (laughs) I've never really been accused of that. Uh, But the point is it starts with a belief. Are you worthy? And of course, you have to believe it matters. We've been told food doesn't matter unless it's cheap, fast, and subsidized and, you know, chemically grown process. doesn't matter. We were convinced that it didn't matter. And yet we now know it does. And the question is, what is our excuse not to change? Just like we talk about the economics. It's a difficult task when we've been comfortable with doing something for generations that are embedded into our DNA today, that we've accepted a lowered standard of living. We say it's a better standard, but how is it actually better when we're being poisoned with every bite of food we, we get because it's so convenient and cheap? I mean, I'm just asking the questions here. Don't get upset with me. I know Dr. Mark Sherwood is not upset with me. By the way, his website is linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. You check it out, sherwood.tv, S-H-E-R-W-O-O-D.tv. And uh, we don't have your wife on today, Michelle, but she's awesome too. And you guys are, you know, we talk about a power couple, a healing power couple. You guys are it. Well, my wife, she's uh, she's my queen, as I refer to her when I'm with her and she's with me. I should say I'm really blessed, but I refer to her as not just my spare rib, but my prime rib. And uh, <laughs> she's she's amazing. Um, yeah. Just I'll give her a shout out. People don't know her story, but you can view her story if you want to go uh, watch her movie. It was actually made into I didn't plan on sharing this made into a, a feature film. It's called The Prayer List. And it's her story. And uh, she was actually homeless. She went from being homeless to being valedictorian of her medical class. Now, she understands about conquering, overcoming, and achievement against all odds. And with that said, when I look at her life, you know, nothing's too hard. We we tend to have that excuse, Robert. And, and I know that it, it's a sensitive subject to talk about, especially yeah. as we get into this, this idea of Thanksgiving holidays. Let us understand the Thanksgiving holiday is not about gluttony. I'll say it. It is about the ability of people to survive and to be glad they're alive. You go back and look at the original Thanksgiving holiday, man. Half the pilgrims were gone. They were dead. They starved to death. Man, they froze out. And yet they were celebrating with a group of Indians after they got some help from the Native Americans to survive. And they were grateful. They were grateful that they were alive, that they had food. Now, let us understand, too, as you mentioned earlier, that the idea of organic food is more expensive. Um, Studies have shown over the course of time that we actually end up paying less in the long term consistently over the course of time for organic food versus uh, non-food because the whole calorie hypothesis is completely wrong. It's about nutrients, not calories. Yes about nutritious food, not calorically dense, non-nutritious food. Mm -hmm. And so this is where we are as a nation. And it's not working, 
right now we're growing diseases faster than we're growing people. It doesn't work. It's a failure. And we're seeing 600,000 people die every year of heart disease and 600,000 people almost every year die of cancer. And I do predict in our lifetime, probably the next decade, that cancer will surpass heart disease as number one killer. We're seeing autoimmune growing like crazy, Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, dementia, osteoporosis, type 2 diabetes, Mm -hmm. a disease that shouldn't even exist in one single person out there. And yet we're having people give to something called the American Diabetes Association. Are you kidding me? It gets on and on yeah. with just ridiculousness. And, and finally, you mentioned that our bar of expectation has been lowered. Well, at least I'm better than Robert. I may not eat as good as Robert. And so people like us that have actually said, you know what? I'm not going to live by that goofy set of rules that don't work mm-hmm. because I'm not going to do it. We're looked at now as weirdos. There used to be something called fat shaming that's really bad. You know, I'm not yeah. all about that. But now there's fit shaming which is equally bad. And that's not okay. Right. And the final point to this is the idea that we can do better. You know, these bodies we walk around in are the greatest gift of all, man. Um, God made our bodies. These are the only creations. Do we understand in his own image, the only one in his image? I mean, are you kidding me? This is his temple, man. And I have no right to destroy God's temple. I don't. I don't. Well, and we degrade it when we make choices that we are doing in ignorance is one thing, but once we know better, shouldn't we do better? Uh, and we talk yeah. about you know the church picnics. I'm like, dude, this is not worshipful. <laughs> what you're no. eating now? Now this is not me again, y'all. You know this. The most offensive thing we can talk about is diet, not religion. Totally. You know? And and yet, um, uh, Joel Salatin, former extraordinary, has said this: uh, If you think organic food is expensive, have you priced cancer lately? Come on. Um, now, this is also another consideration that unless, well, let's just say we all decided to eat organic right now, it'd be a disaster too, just like on the order of Sri Lanka. There's not yeah. enough to go around. It, w- it would be a disaster. So this is where I'm encouraging folks, as I have for a number of years, to start, if you haven't already started, to grow your own food. Yeah. Because inevitably, as we see the food supply chain, you know, corruption that's happening, I think it's orchestrated. But even if it isn't, the reality is the kind of food that they want to get to you that's cheap is not conducive for long-term viability and survivability. Everybody's got a different strength and weakness. We all have different, you know, things that are, are you know, knocking us out down and others are not. So it isn't a one size fits all, but I would say starting point is cleanliness. If we understand that in terms of food, it means the things that man has made that cause cancer and add to your food or grow it into your food probably not the best thing to make as a daily sustenance, you know, and, and yet we're so programmed to believe, well, we can't afford the kind of food that God would want us to eat. Oh my gosh. I know I've offended a lot of people in the, even this audience now, but uh, take it with the spirit and kindness and love that I'm sharing it with you to encourage you to do better and better and better each and every day. Well, I encourage people to, if you would just do me this favor, please read three verses just three verses. That's all I'm asking you to do. Read these three verses over and over again. Matthew 6, 31, 32, 33. 31, 32, 33 of Matthew 6. And I'm going to paraphrase this for you because people are going to go, oh, I've heard that before, at least some of it. You look at Matthew 6, 31 and 32, it says, why do you ask what am I going to eat or what am I going to wear or what am I going to, you get the idea. And it goes on, the Gentiles seek these things. And, and the, the scripture is saying that people that don't know God seek those things. 
33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. That means if we seek God out and, and we want to know truth, and I think truth is something that should be a passion seeking mission for everybody today, then he'll provide a way. If I provide the way myself, Robert, and I do it my own, pride can get in the way. Ego can be fed. And ego simply stands for edging God out, E-G-O. And I would rather like really be the person who says, I don't like you did. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but I'm going to go out in faith. And this is where you have to put your feet to your faith. And just those three verses, 631, 32, and 33, should be the cornerstone hallmark for people today to not worry about it and allow the provision to come. Because look, God didn't make us in this earth to just be miserable, be beat down, busted, and just just lack all the time. That's not who he is. And there's better for us than that. And yeah, we're going to have some hard times. We are. And that's okay because hard times create in a person, if we allow them, the ability to overcome those hard times. I, I don't get my muscles by just going by and looking right. at a weight. No, I have to be challenged <laughs> with greater resistance. And sometimes the resistance is pain. You know, it's pain and it hurts and sometimes, and I don't mean that in the literal sense, but sometimes. And But it takes that to grow in your faith cannot grow without resistance as well. So if we treat faith like a muscle, perhaps, maybe, yes. that might oh, be beautiful. a good thing we do. I, I, I love that. Dr. Mark Sherwood is my guest this hour, having a great time. And I knew I would from the time I met you, Mark, you're amazing. And you're speaking it out and you're living it. That's why I love living examples to this. As I said, you know, when I prayed for healing, and I didn't get the lightning bolt from God to heal me instantly. I was sent the teachings. I was I had to be grounded in, you know, it's a spiritual consciousness. I had to exercise spiritually mm-hmm. in order to gain the, let's say, even openness, much less awareness that when I would meet a homeopathic doctor, which I would have rejected probably outright because I was raised allopathically, as we were all told, anybody that isn't that, they're quacks, they're nuts, they're, you know. And uh, another case of uh, Dick Gregory, famous comedian, civil rights guy. We've had him on the show. He's no longer here in, in the body anymore, but what an amazing guy. And he would, he would joke in his in monologue sometimes, particularly to our health freedom crowd. You know, when I was uh, uh, drinking heavily, he said, they never called me an alcohol nut. When I was smoking a pack a day or more, they never called me a cigarette nut. The moment I went and started eating healthy, and stop doing all of that stuff, they called me a health nut. What does that tell you? Where, what is the consciousness trying to do? Drive everybody back to the lowest common denominator, again, disease, sickness, sickness care, sickness creation machinery. And um, if you're not grounded, I, as we pointed out, the spiritually, I recognize everybody's got their own relationship to develop or further strengthen with God, with creator, however you perceive that to be. And I'm not here to tell you what that is, because that's between you and the creator. And we were made as individuals. And I believe that free agency that we were given is so that we'll make the choice, not in deception, coercion, fear, threats, and all of that. But we come back because of, well, whatever it is, whether it's love or something. But that's the inspiration I've gotten from people who love God and live accordingly, not so that they can beat us over the head with their faith, but to be examples that will inspire others to live that faith. And, and, you know, that's for me, that's part of what I found being a healer, doctor, physician is, is not to find the right remedy for people, but it's to connect them to the source of all healing and all wisdom. And that is their divinity and that relationship. You know what I found out? And I was just talking to the staff this morning, my wife and I've learned this in the uh, combined 
80 years we've been doing this. It's a long time. I mean, we've learned that the healing comes in the relationship. The healing comes in the listening. Um, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We probably should listen twice as much as we talk. I figured that anatomical calculation of one versus two should tell us something. If we lead people down the pathway of true healing, which is actually the the um, strategy and the mission statement of our, we call it our ministry, clinic, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. You can't make people do anything. You, I'm not going to shame anybody either, man. I'm going to love them, period, end of story, and be a light. And, and I encourage people out there, if the people you're following for leadership, whether it be you know, economically, spiritually, emotionally, or physically, you know, look at their life, man. And if their life is not showing you fruit of doing that, and they're telling you to do something they're not willing to do themselves or not do themselves, I I suggest to you to go somewhere else, you know, find a different leader because our world today needs true representatives of light. And all of us, Robert, all of us, all of us had the opportunity to choose to live in that way, which means to get out of our own way, to serve our fellow man, to to really find out who God is, right? And then allow the light that is within us to shine in this dark world because the world's getting darker. But frankly, I don't care. That means that the light that we walk around is just that much brighter. So it's good. And so I'm hoping people will sort of Flip the switch today as we go into this wonderful holiday season and realize the blessing that is this opportunity called the day. It's a good time, man. It may be treacherous and it may have some uncertainties and anxieties with it. And, you know, I'm okay with that. But, man, we should absolutely be encouraged. We should absolutely be encouraged. So, Dr. Mark Sherwood, you and your wife doing amazing work. And as I said, we've got the the website set up connected to you, Sherwood.tv. Um, tell me, cause I haven't gotten a chance to see all that you're doing, but just being with you, I'm like, yeah, I got nothing, but yeah, <laughs> we get, we get along famously already with the, the, the yeah. mission, the purpose and all of that. So aligned. And I like seeing that more and more people are doing this. As I say to everybody, you've got a story to tell. We need to tell our stories. And, and so I love having folks on as well as being able to share my story too, learning from others and their stories, because you know, it's inspiring that you find that those principles that we talk about, they work not just some of the time, all of the time. But someone will say, well, look, it didn't work here. Well, look, I can look back at my life and say, well, I prayed to God and I didn't get healed instantly. But then the the story of our life is not over. All of the things that led to what I had to learn, what I wanted to learn, in fact, looking back and going, thank God I didn't get. It's kind of like a Garth Brooks uh, song, right? Thank God for unanswered (laughs) prayers. You know, had I gotten a miracle, boom, I'm I'm well. What could I tell other people to heal? Oh, just pray to God. Maybe you'll get lightning too. That's not very empowering. It's sort of like, I'm a victim unless I get a miracle. And I think the miracle is that we are open to receiving the gifts that come in little bitty packages that we don't recognize, much less good ones from time to time, all the time. And it's only us that are like rejecting these things, the gifts all the time because of programming, lack of self-worth, any number of hypnosis, hypnotic suggestions from those that want to own, control us and enslave us. And so the process of cleaning up our body, mind, spirit, all of that, it starts wherever you start. And I always say, you know, sometimes it's easier for a person when I say, Hey, you know what? You can do all of these things and uh, lay out all these possibilities, or you can do just this one thing first and see what happens. And then you'll be encouraged when you see something beneficial happen. You go, okay, let me try another. Some people are willing to dive into the deep end right away, but that's everybody's different in that regard. 
but giving them opportunities, as I think we are being given opportunities by God all the time to try and emulate that and say, look, it's not one size fits all. Here's the broad spectrum of things that are possible. And you got to find out what aligns with your purpose and mission and in, in, in your journey at this point in time. That's why, you know, some people might see me and I would say something, they go, I don't want to do that. And I'll go, well, here, here's a doc down the street, give you a drug. No judgment. That's what you want. Uh, versus, you know, what you would do, Dr. Sherwood, et cetera. And, you know, this is the freedom we've been granted uh, in life. And I think it's exciting more or less than daunting, even though we'd go, gosh, we really wish all of those choices weren't made the greatest in, you know, because they marketed them so well. And here we are, the, the crazy people, not so crazy after all, but uh, yet we're just waiting, uh, you know, biding our time, being here for them when they're ready. Well, Jesus was labeled crazy too. And turns out he was right. Um, you know, honestly, though, you know, uh, when people come to see us, we do give them those choices. That's one of the greatest things we have. And in the country we live in here in America and even around the world, we have a choice. That's what God gave us. That's the greatest gift he could ever have given us the ability to choose. And we have to seek right and stand for right. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we've done all these times. Um, my wife and I get the chance to do that. You know, there's seven areas that people deal with with us, uh, physical, emotional, uh, intellectual, spiritual, and base. But we deal with uh, nutrition, sleep, stress management, uh, movement, uh, genetics, hormones, peptides. Uh, and then we have a very heavy emotional and spiritual component there. And, you know, we've done our best to be out there publicly speaking. And we've got three best-selling books Number one bestsellers. I'm super blessed. And I'm like, wow. And then we make it make some movies, which is kind of cool. We're on our, our fifth production, uh, which will kind of conclude sometime in uh, February. But all that said is we're doing something and everybody out here can do something. One thing. And where do you start? Uh, one meal at a time, one breath at a time, one word at a time, mm -hmm. one step at a time. And Hey, never underestimate the small beginnings. You can't climb that mountain until you take that first step. And you can't go forward until you take that first step. And so I really encourage people to make a first good decision, even when it comes to, you know, the holiday. You know, if you make your meal out there and you say, oh, you know, uh, I don't really want to have everything unhealthy. I'm not saying I support that. Um, make clear. But if you want to make one thing Healthy, you can. I mean, maybe you can use some quinoa or something to make some stuffing, or maybe you can use some cauliflower to make some cauliflower mash, or maybe you can go out and find some sort of an organic grass-fed um, or free-range turkey. You know, maybe you can do that. Maybe you can go ahead and eat some uh, some fish instead, or have a fish dish out there. You know, there's ways you can do this, mm -hmm. and it just requires a step in the right direction and to believe again that it's actually possible and. Man, as long as I have breath, I'm going to believe. And mm -hmm. as long as there's hope within that breath, I'm going to continue to deal hope. And I got a little wristband that says that hope dealer. So hopefully people can get some of that. Well, and, and Dr. Sherwood, the, the longer you do this, weirdly enough, I, I find the less I need hope because yeah. I've, I've acknowledged and recognized the way it works. And I've come to expect it, not because I'm greedy, just because when you operate in that spirit, this is the abundance that you are given. And yet we are so convinced by so many that that's just not possible. And so our belief system becomes reality. You know, perception becomes reality. 
And, you know, we talk about the body politic as well. And I know you do. We look at things that we say, well, I don't like what's going on here, right? With the Biden thing. But, you know, as we've said, even over the history of the Republicans, hasn't been all that great. The government has grown. We've lost freedom. Uh, even people that mean well that say, hey, we want to stop crime. And then they use uh, the war on drugs as an excuse to destroy the freedom of the people in, in privacy and much less to deal with economics. They, they utilize, utilize and abuse things that we like. Yeah, we'd like to have less crime. But how do they do that? They steal our freedoms in order to do it, which is not appropriate either. And then we would look at the body politic and say, wow, well, you know, we didn't get what we wanted. And therefore, let's just give up. It's not going to happen or immediately uh, go to the most violent possibility. And I recognize that we must have a right and we do have a right of self-defense. So I'm not arguing against that. But in terms of being smart about how do we regain freedom? It's much like uh, how do we lose our minds in groups? Yeah. Sanity in groups. And then we gain our, uh, I guess, our center, our grounded place, our sanity back slowly and one at a time. And in the same way, the ground to gain for liberty happens just a little bit at a time, a little bit. And it's like, well, it didn't happen enough. Am I get it? Look, this is, we didn't get here overnight. My point of my journey to healing, when I started at the age of 24, it took two intense years to undo most of what I had experienced the previous 24, about a month for every year, but I was working it, right? And it wasn't always pleasant. And I'm not saying everybody's results are the same as mine. This was my journey. But the point is, it wasn't snap your finger and everything is right. Snap your finger, deus ex machina, the Starship Enterprise beams down and we have a Republican form of government again and on and on. You know, this is part of life and how we process. We got here over generations. Yeah. And it may take also generate. So it's not only for us that we're doing this for our kids and their kids. What do we want to leave to them? And I think about that in terms of health and again, the body politic as well, because the principles apply everywhere. They do. God's principles work for ungodly people. And I think we can definitely trust that At the same time, you know, honestly believe that um, the great philosopher, Michael Jackson had it right. <laughs> he said, where does change begin? with the person staring back at you in the mirror. And that person is where we begin to get it all back. We cannot criticize other people and what they're doing or what they're not doing until we first learn to get the plank out of our own eye. And that means that everything we do every day should be to uh, better ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and not say, you know what, I'm going to take a day off from that. Um, we don't. And, and for those out there that are listening that – or the Christian faith, um, Jesus didn't go 80% to the cross, nor did he take a day off. No, no, he went all the way. And so I'm an all-in guy. And when you resolve yourself, as you said a moment ago, to doing that, does the turnaround happen immediately? Many times, no. Probably most of the times, no. But it is certain. It is sure. It's predictable. And I don't know about you, but I want certain, sure, and predictable as much as I can get it these days. And the principles we're talking about, they do work, Robert, for every single human being across this planet. Yeah, we spend most of our time trying to find out the exceptions to the rule so we can yeah. say, see, see, I told you. And so you can stay where you are and say, I don't have to do anything because, look, it didn't work for me. Again, this is, a again, an individual journey, but there are folks like Dr. Mark Sherwood helping you back on the path. 
And, uh, you know, that health is a fundamental place to start. Sometimes it is easier to choose a food that's different than it is to, to break another habit that is very difficult. And one step gets you there. And, uh, uh, you know, God bless you, my friend. It's so good to connect with you here on the show. And I can't wait to see you again, in, whether it be Nashville or another event on this show. Or if, how often do you do your show? We do our show twice a week. It's on Tuesday and Thursday night on some channels. Um, okay. Some channels, it's on Thursday night. It's on four or five different networks. It's called Furthermore. They can find it right there on uh, Sherwood.tv. There's a little link for it. But um, honestly, man, I just it's been a blessing to to have this conversation with you. It's been super easy, super fun, super honoring, and I'm just so grateful for, for what you're doing. And boy, look forward to growing relationship. Yeah. And again, your website's linked up, Super Don's showing all the, the episodes you have, and you can tell your wife I'm okay, and she can come on the next time. Man, you got to get her on. She's great. I love it. Oh, I would love to have her on as well. And like I said, so so blessed to, to connect with you finally and uh, just continue this good work together in whatever way we can. And uh, look forward again. I'll see you in Nashville. I'm planning on it being there uh, or any other events that you got coming up. You can let us know. We'll let the world know as well. Amen, Robert. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And I can't wait to see you again back on here and in person. Yay. Dr. Mark Sherwood, Sherwood.tv and uh, his wife, they're doing amazing work. I hope you plug in if you haven't already. Uh, learn more about what they're doing. It's empowering. It's uplifting. It's inspiring, and uh, that's what we love to do here as well. So thank you, Dr. Mark Sherwood, as well. Um, next hour, we're going to be talking about uh, loneliness, how our fear of being alone is used against us to make us even more alone, interestingly enough. Wow, that's going to be pretty intriguing. We'll get to that in a moment, but uh, as we're wrapping up uh, this hour, we're going to be joined, of course, in hour two. We're going to do a simulcast on uh, brighteon.tv, but we do have a question of the day we want to get to. Let's check it out, Super Don, when you're ready. All right, this was coming from Wayne. Uh, hi, Robert. As you may have heard on some of the media chatter, Canada has run short on children's Tylenol, which is to the benefit of Canadian children, by the way, I'm just saying, uh, as there's been a run on it with the increased fevers, RSV, and so on. I would feel better if my children could use safer products when needed for their children and wondered what are the things for them and others could be discussed. I am guessing there are many other things for the, for the young ones that are far less toxic on their liver and, uh, than that. Uh, Wayne, Wayne, you're right. God bless you for asking the question. And this is where I say, you know, this is where I'll upset Canadians. I'll upset anybody that's into socialized single payer medicine. Because you don't see Health Canada and the Canadian government purchasing homeopathic belladonna for all of these kids. Or uh, white willow bark tincture instead of aspirin, for instance. Or any number of things to encourage, in fact, a fever that is designed to help your immune system overcome the challenge, a strengthening of your body. None of that is supported by importing Tylenol and a desperate emergency measure to ultimately poison the children of Canada. It's not a good plan. And we know, of course, if you have an infection, if that's a, you know, an issue, whether it be a viral thing, which I, you know, I will dispute, but let's just go with that for the moment and realize that the bioactive form of silver, which, by the way, the sovereign silver in Argentin 23 that we use is available in Canada at natural products and natural pharmacies all over Canada. And, you know, Canadian government, despite double-blind placebo-controlled studies, even clinical studies showing efficacy against all kinds of infectious uh, agents, 
they're not investing in that. They're investing in Tylenol, one of the most liver toxic drugs ever developed by man, not God, by man. The number one reason why people check into the emergency room in North America with liver failure, acute liver failure, is Tylenol, acetaminophen. Around the world, it's also known as paracetamol. So I've thrown out a couple of ideas, children's fever, belladonna. It doesn't suppress it like a drug does. But uh, phosphorus is the great homeopathic remedy as these kids get older and adults, if you're dealing with systemic inflammation and heat and fever, homeopathic phosphorus is safe and effective in that regard. Yeah, I said it. I'm not selling it. That's why I can say it. Uh, but in Canada, y'all, your government is invested in poisoning you and your kids. But hey, you don't have to pay for it. Not directly, indirectly through your taxes, of course you do. Uh, and then you're worried about freedom? Nah, you're just happy poor people don't have to pay for Tylenol. All right, stand by. Here we go. All right, welcome one and all. We are officially joined now by our friends at Brideon.tv on the Robert Scott Bell Show. This is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. Two hours a day, six days a week, one hour of simulcast here on Brideon.tv. Thanks to Mike Adams and the crew at Brideon. Uh, I have got to let you know, there's an FDA uh, oversight committee, and, and, and they are sucking the eggs. In other words, this is, they're not doing good when it comes to clinical trials. And especially when it comes to COVID jabs, grossly inadequate. Am I saying it? No, we'll tell you where it's coming from. And then this hour, for the first time ever, we're going to be joined by Stella Orobito. She's got an amazing book, Weaponization of Loneliness, How Tyrants Stoke Our Fear of Isolation to Silence, Divide, and Conquer. Sounds a little bit like what they've been trying to do and maybe for a lot of people doing it. But those of you who are not participating, you're going to appreciate Stella this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We got that and a whole lot more. Come on over to robertscottbell.com. And sign up for our newsletter, text RSB to 22828, RSB to 22828, and we'll get this healing party started now because the power to heal is yours. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Overseeing clinical trials for important drugs and injections. You think the FDA could at least do that? Uh, the answer coming up in just a moment. I want to do, uh, give a shout out and say thanks to the folks that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible. And I, I know y'all thank them too and are grateful. And that includes our friends at OrangeGuard, orangeguard.com. This is a safe way to address pests. If the ants are coming in your house in winter, the roaches and things, hopefully not. But if they are, I don't want you to use toxic cancer-causing chemicals for that. How about an EPA-regulated? Yeah, I said that, but it's okay. This stuff, delimonene from orange peel. And it's uh, OMRI listed for organic agriculture. You spray it around your home, spray it around your food. You're not going to poison yourself. You're not going to harm your kids or your pets. It's amazing. OrangeGuard.com, you can pick it up at, well, uh, almost everywhere. Ace Hardware, Whole Foods, or direct at OrangeGuard.com. Also, our friends at Nutritional Frontiers have been amazing in their uh the quality, the validation, and they have a, a big Black Friday, what they call them, whatever the big sales coming up to. And the great thing about the Robert Scott Bell Show audience, you guys, is that you get to take advantage of those specials, but you get to add on to them, right? RSB15, the discount code at nutritionalfrontiers.com, an additional 15% off uh, whatever the sale prices are. And we'll tell you about a lot of upcoming uh, deals this week, this weekend after Thanksgiving as well. We want to get you plugged in. So if you're not already getting the newsletter, please just text my name, initials, I'm sorry, RSB for Robert Scott Bell to 22828 and Super Don will send you out the newsletter. There it is, 22828 on your phone. 
send RSB and you'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll get up to date on all the, the news that we're covering in ways no one else is covering it. And of course, the deals and special things that will uplift you and help to heal you. Some of those companies can't say any of these things, but I don't sell any of the stuff, so I can say it. Freedom of speech is here. Party Central, the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, first, before, before we get to the loneliness discussion, I have been bringing this up as we saw little snippets of information coming out over the COVID crazy few years we, we've, been, we've been through, and some say we're still in. And that involves the clinical trials associated with uh, COVID jabs. Clearly, uh, we're still in those clinical trials. They're still ongoing, yet despite that, the FDA saw it fit to what? Approve Comirnaty and Spikevax as officially approved. Now, they are not available until they get a put, put on the uh, uh, CDC's ASEP committee list of uh, childhood vaccines on that schedule. Then they are now held without liability. So if they hit, injure or kill you or a loved one or your kids, you can't sue them. Until then, they're not. They haven't been available. They've been only as an EUA, emergency use authorization. Now, one of the things you think the FDA is supposed to do is to oversee clinical trials to make sure they're run and conducted properly. And you'd be right. They're supposed to. But are they? Well, this article shows a new published article from the British Medical Journal. The BMJ. I mean, that's tantamount to the JAMA Journal, um, the Lancet, uh, as well as uh, New England Journal of Medicine. Even though we find a lot of problems associated with peer review and sham peer review existing even there, they have the reputation. So the BMJ is no slouch in that regard. And just so you want, if you want to be sure about this, the bullet points in the article point out the FDA is responsible for reviewing data on vaccines, drugs, and medical devices and deciding whether these products should be approved for use in the United States. And this new report, something we've been covering for a while in the medical journal BMJ, claims that the FDA did not inspect enough clinical trial sites. The FDA has just 89 inspectors for its bioresearch monitoring program. And you're talking about a fraction of those sites, like nine of 153 Pfizer BioNTech trial sites, 10 of 99 Moderna trial sites, and five of 73 Remdesivir trial sites were even inspected. That's according to journalist uh, Marianne DeMasi, author of the BMJ report. So you have this oversight, and what they're really concerned about is suing uh, one of our friends for what, $500 billion trying to find this guy? Well, who was it, Super Don? We were talking about that last week. Uh, it was, uh, he dared to actually. Naputi. What was that? Naputi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Naputi. I mean, it's like Eric Naputi. Eric Naputi. They, they can't oversee the clinical trials that are resulting in products that I argue are killing, outright killing people, if not maiming them, destroying fertility, et cetera. They're not concerned about looking over that. But hey, a doctor, as Naputi has said, hey, you know what? There's some things to strengthen your immune system in COVID that might be a, a better alternative, maybe a nice option for you. And they're like, oh, we can't have that. To tell you what the priorities are of the bureaucratic oligarchy, the FDA, the FTC, et cetera. And they're not inspecting the trial sites. We've talked about the, the study designs themselves at the beginning when we found out that there was not even a parameter to look at the trend, the change in menstrual cycles, any female-specific health issues around their cycle in the COVID trials. They weren't even looking when people were reporting this. Well, it's not one of our parameters, so we don't even ask questions about it. Really? And now we're seeing infertility, seeing miscarriages. I, I, just astonishing. Now, for those of you who are with me for many years, this is not a big surprise. 
But for those of you who are new to the Robert Scott Bell Show because of my appearance on every episode of the, uh, what was it called, Propaganda Exposed on Censored Edition, you might be going, oh, man, am I behind? Yeah, well, you got some catching up to do, but we're here for you. We want to get you there so you don't rely on the, the, the false authority of the Fear and Death Administration, for instance, in claiming anything that they approve is safe, much less effective. My argument for survival has been if the FDA approves it, you might want to think two to 10 times or more before you try it or maybe never try it at all. And look to the things that they're attacking for because they're probably the things that have legitimacy. Like homeopathy, like naturopathic, you know, traditional naturopathy, chiropractic, herbalism, acupuncture, different things that are actually aligning with the spirit of healing and working with the vital force as opposed to poisoning the body back to health which is an absurdity, isn't it? I, I'm a doctor. I have a degree, medical that is, and a license. And I can poison you back to health. Did, my, did I get a little sparkle there when I smiled? Just amazing. How easy it is to dupe the public. There's a P.T. Barnum quote somewhere in there, right? You can fool the people, a lot of them. Now, some of you, many of you, perhaps all of you in this audience have woken up to the foolishness that is poisoning people back to health. But what else is it about the Hegelian dialectic as it's played out through media, through medicine, through, um, well, what else? Government? Divide us, conquer us through fear. Fear of germs. Or in the case of our guest this hour, fear of loneliness. Stella Morabito has written a book, and it should be a bestseller just by the title alone. It looks amazing. I haven't read it yet, but I, I already can tell she's awesome. The Weaponization of Loneliness. How Tyrants Stoke Our Fear of Isolation to Silence, Divide, and Conquer. Let's welcome Stella Morabito to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, Stella, this is a theoretical book, right? They wouldn't actually do this. They haven't actually done any of these things you're talking about, weaponizing loneliness. What are you talking about? Right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Robert. I, I, I'm, I really appreciate it. Uh, this, there's really nothing new about the phenomenon. Um, you know, I, I also trace through history how it's been used, but we're not consciously aware of these methods of, mm. um, you know, of, of silencing us in order to control us. We're not, we instinctively know that maybe we don't want to say what we believe because we're f fearful of being socially rejected. Um, that's, you know, that that's pretty common. You see that everywhere. See the playground and the schools, uh, you know, you see it throughout life. And, you know, you, we've seen um, big examples with, say, cults like Jonestown. Uh, and, of course, on the world stage with dictators like, uh, you know, Mao and Stalin and and all of that. Um, so we see these things, but we don't really, my, the goal, the reason I wrote the book was to try to put all of these pieces together and to try to help us understand what the common denominator is, what the common thread um, that that causes really destructive agendas mm -hmm. uh, to see the light of day uh, through history and today. Uh, and and that, that common thread is our very primal fear of of ostracism, mm -hmm. which 
which of course, you know, human beings are social animals, social creatures. We absolutely are hardwired to connect with other people. And mm-hmm. so whenever we're threatened with, you know, being cast into the outer darkness, being cast out of society, um, our first impulse is to conform and comply and shut up. But um, it really only, you know, when you do comply, it only drives you deeper into that loneliness you think you're getting relief from right. the entire society. Yeah. Stella, I'm witnessing people finally coming around going, you know what? I don't give a flip if they call me names and don't let me play their reindeer games. I don't want to play in their toxic soup playground anymore. So there's something that's happened that might be different. Maybe there's evidence of it in history where people go, I've had enough and I'm not going to play that game of you trying to cancel me, right? The woke mob, et cetera. It's, it's going on, but there are people waking up. I, I lost my fear of being ostracized a long time ago when I became, you know, my charted my course into homeopathic medicine and natural medicine because modern medicine would have killed me at a certain point. I realized that. So it's like, okay, uh, they can ostracize me, but at least I'm going to be alive and I'll be healthy. And I can find other people I can hang out with. I don't need them. But the fear of maybe there's no one else I could hang out with if, if they'd reject me. Or we, we, we place so much power and emphasis on the people that we grew up with, the tribe we had, that we're afraid that if we lose them, we won't have anything. And, and I, I'm sure that's part of the process, the technique that made it so effective and efficient during the COVID couple of years we've been through to divide and conquer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, the... Um... The use of these methods of really social control, there's really no other way to put it, uh, is, you know, longstanding. It's something, as I mentioned, that you can see, you can trace through history, especially these utopian radical revolutions. And you, you actually see it reflected today in something called the Great Reset, which is, is just uh, the same old story all over again of uh, trying to control uh, human behavior and human uh, interactions, really. And, and so I guess where where I really see a lot of this going is a war on private life. That's always been the case. Uh, you can look at it through uh, the lens of Stalin's reign of terror. People were scared to death of, you know, becoming a, quote, non-person in society. Uh, you see it at Mao's struggle sessions during the Cultural Revolution in China. Uh, people were fearful of being humiliated. And, you know, uh, you know these mobs, the Red Guard mobs would descend upon people, uh, you know, for being counter-revolutionaries or whatever. But you're right. I think people are really beginning to wake up uh, with this, uh, you know, with with the fallout from COVID mm-hmm. and and the uh, pretty obvious at this point, it should be obvious to anyone. Every once in a while, I still see a person wearing a mask at a store or whatever, but yeah. 95% at least, and maybe it depends on where you live, but 95% of the people are, are like, sure. But what, what are, Stella, I talk about our vulnerabilities and I ask, you know, what are our ongoing vulnerabilities? I mean, in any given time, we might wake up to what they're doing, how we're being played. And yet they always seem to find another way. Like what is our vulnerability as we move forward? Right. I've said the fear of germs was a big one, which is how they played, played COVID on us. If we weren't afraid of catching things and we realized the reality of having a healthy immune system, much less how to how to respond to an immune system that has been weakened, not by poisoning the body back to health, 
uh, we might not have been as vulnerable to all the the statements they made and they wouldn't have succeeded because we know we don't participate. We don't comply. What can they do? Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's only one person or two here or there, we've seen them pick off doctors here and there. And now the doctors are waking up to their vulnerabilities and trying to say, you know what? I don't want to be in this system. I want to try and create a new one, a parallel system. I've heard that time and time again in the last couple of years. Yes. Yeah. No. When when all of the institutions are corrupt, and honestly, you know, if you look at our intelligence agencies and and you know government agencies, you look at uh, the courts, uh, legislatures, uh, and then you know, of course, the media, popular culture, everything is corrupt. And medicine, of course, education for certain. Uh, you know, where are you going to go? Well, it's that private sphere of life, your relationships with family, with you know, your faith communities, with real community, with friends. Uh, it's that sphere of life where the real power lies uh, that can ripple outward, that can be broadcast to create a civil society. And, you know, where people are free to express what they believe, uh, you know, agree to disagree and so on and so forth. Uh, and and so that that's why the private sphere of life has always been the main target of um, totalitarians, of tyrants. Uh, and, and so they use the, the fear of being separated. It's so, it's so ironic. They use the fear of being separated, the fear of being isolated uh, to, to gain compliance that only makes you even more isolated, that, that, that creates even more loneliness and atomization in yeah. society. Um, well, so- because you, you can't, you know, to be with people, you had to suppress your, I believe your divinity, your spirituality, all the things that bring you joy in life. You had to go, no, can't do that. I'll be, uh, I'll be criticized. I'll be, I'll be kicked back out of the family yeah. of the tribe. And many people were canceled because they didn't buy into one, two or 10 or all of the things that we now know were deceptions, uh, in, in, in the you know, last few years of COVID. So it's a unique time in history, even as you've written a book about a lot of this history that we've lived through a lot of conden- condensation of a lot of the techniques that preceded it all at one time. And yet right. a lot of people are being squozed in so hard that they're squeezing or escaping the grasp. Yeah, no, you put it very well. All of these techniques seem to be coming together in, you know, our times today. When, um, so there were lots of headlines before COVID about a loneliness epidemic, about deaths of despair through overdoses, fentanyl, opioid addictions, uh, suicide rates spiking like they never had before, especially among youth. Uh, All of this sense of alienation and atomization and isolation that leads people into these dark places. And, uh, And so that was all happening before COVID. Of course, with COVID, that really fast tracked our isolation because for the first time, really, our isolation, our physical isolation was being enforced from on high, from top down. And, uh, and you know, I mean, literally, you know, you, you had to be, you know, six feet apart. And, and uh, you, you know, there are places, uh, astonishing compliance with these vaccine mandates in places, uh, unbelievable compliance, which, you know, is, is scary when you think about it. Uh, and And so, the you know the what's the end game of it all is uh, you know it's social control obviously now I could see this almost from the very beginning at the at the very beginning I was a little nervous well you know there's like I guess there's this strange virus out there whether it happened naturally or 
or deliberately, it doesn't matter. There's a fear of, of, you know, death from a pandemic that's out there. Most people, uh, you know, had that fear. You know, they talk about the 15 days, just just 15 to give us 15 days, which of course turned into two, two years. Yeah. And of course, you know, now this is they, they've got they've got the amount of compliance I think they feel they need to keep pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope. And we absolutely have to stop, uh, you know, stop and think about this. Mm-hmm. For what it really is, I mean, it's an I mean, obvious co- propaganda campaign. All the social Stella, information they, they, they can't con- I can't see them, let's say, being victorious if we don't comply, if we don't co- participate and cooperate. They need us, or else it doesn't happen. You know, all of the things we witnessed in COVID had the people said, "This is garbage. This is stupid. I can see through it. We're not going to play along." They couldn't have succeeded with any or all of these things or even one or two, depending on what we, but we complied our way into isolation. We want to get along with tyrants and the tyrants get emboldened. They don't get nicer to us. Like no, I think we misinterpreted no. how to, how to deal with tyrants. No, that's right. I mean, we need to gain strength from one another through uh, a sense of trust in that private sphere. And uh, I, you know, I, I cite in my book, I cite uh, Václav Havel quite a bit. Uh, he was the dissident in the communist Czechoslovakia who wrote that very famous essay in 1978 called The Power of the Powerless. And, you know, the whole thesis is that the, it's really the hidden sphere of life that tyrants are after and that they target because that's where people get their strength. And if you look at all of the policies that have been pushed forth over the generations, really, whether it's an education or public policy, mm-hmm. so many of them have to do with isolating people. I mean, if you look at the family breakdown uh, that, I mean, it's, it, it's off the charts right now. And of course, with family breakdown, you get community breakdown and you see the war on religion. That's an old thing, really. That goes back to the communist manifesto, you know, the war on family, mm-hmm. war on religion. Um, that's really to divide us and atomize us. And, and then getting back to your point about our compliance, uh, they've somehow managed to perfect this technique, whether they're conscious of it or not. Uh, tyrants, totalitarians very instinctively know how to push the buttons to uh, trigger that very natural and very, very powerful impulse among most people, especially those who do not have the benefit of a strong family life or a strong private life. I mean, you see a lot of mob members and cult members. They're all they're kind of recruited from atomized individuals. Mm-hmm. And and so when you when you have all of that, it, it's uh, you know, it's really up to those who who can afford to take the risks or are willing to take the risks, who have something to fall back on uh, to or, go or for it. They're so un- they're made so uncomfortable that even if they don't have the fallback, they're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. That's oh, happening yeah. as well. And, and, oh, yeah. and I think about the cult of medicine and modern medicine. Doctors are finding out that those who have said, you know, I disagree with what I'm hearing from the CDC, the WHO, and Fauci, found themselves ostracized from their own profession, even if they were the top, top, top of their profession moments ago. Oh, mm-hmm. that's no, that's been a stunning revelation cool. to that crowd. Uh, it's 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 horrible uh, what what's happening there. And, you know, 
you know, getting really good doctors uh, losing their being threatened with a loss of license. And, you know, all of these things, you know, once you're invested and you have a career, they know that they, they you. you know, it's really those who feel they've got nothing left to lose that can really that tend yeah. to at the you know when push comes a slot a shove you know like if you see what's going on in iran right now uh i guess they feel they don't have much to lose they're out in the street yeah, yeah they're willing to risk their life their very lives to protest or do something right. different the government would you know look but we got to take a quick break here Stella. hold hold up go ahead thank you. yeah hold that thought and we'll come back in a couple of minutes they take a break for our friends at brideon.tv we'll be able to talk to our audience that are listening or and viewing around the world elsewise but Thank you for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. More about, uh, well, this loneliness thing, how they're using that as a vulnerability to apply and isolate us even further. Stella Morabito is my guest. We'll be right back. Okay, we're still going on live with our uh, Robert Scott Bell Show audience watching on the website and various social media. They do a couple of minute break at Brideon so we can just chat informally. People are still here. And then we'll come back to your thoughts and follow up to this great discussion and really great homework you did to put that book together. Thank you. Yep. The, I, I, you know, it's interesting that the, you know, the author doesn't have much say in the uh, cover, but right. you see the cover has got Fauci on it. It's uh, I thought he was a pretty good symbol of the weaponization of loneliness. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. A, a fairly good choice considering yeah. um, here's the book and we have it linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. It just came out in October. So not long ago of this year. Uh, the Weaponization of Loneliness, How Tyrants Stoke Our Fear of Isolation to Silence, Divide, and Conquer. Uh, now, is this, do you consider your audience academicians or the lay public or a combination? How have you written this in terms of the audience? I think I think I see I see it mostly as, as you said, a combination. Mm -hmm. uh, my hope is that uh, academicians or, you know, people who are specialists in, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's you know, what, what's going on with these agendas, uh, with, you know, teachers and professors of good faith, yeah. uh, people like you, uh, who, you know, really get it. Uh, but also, yes, the kind of general audience, you know, who, who would, uh, get something, you know, try to put these, connect these dots as to, you know, what, what's been going on kind of behind the scenes for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, if we look at the history here that you've written about other tyrants of all those years back, and you know, I look at the the history in the present. I mean, tyrants never went away. You know, we think in a Western style democracy. I look at our friends in Canada. I'm like, my gosh, this is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. You get someone like a Trudeau mm -hmm. who's just willing to s steal from you and and uh, you know, ostracize certain members of the Canadian people that believe differently. And they, and he says, Oh, these are villains basically. And just, just makes them out to be what they're not good people are. They are good people. All right, here we go. We're coming back live in just a few seconds. If you remember your uh, thought, <laughs> we'll come back on it. If I not, know I don't in. actually. We'll just, we'll just I, keep I, rolling. Here we go. Stand by. All right. Back at it with our friends at brideon.tv. This is the Robert Scott Bell show. Our guest this hour, Stella Morabito, her book, the weaponization of loneliness, how tyrants stoke our fears of isolation to silence, divide and conquer just came out in paperback October 11th of uh, 2022. Today, I don't even know what day it is. It's the 21st of November. Oh my gosh. Thanksgiving week. And I'm certainly grateful, Stella, for you and, and the book that you put out. I think it's going to go a long way to help folks to see the techniques that have been applied in history 
And as we said, more importantly, they've been weaponized to such a degree, all in one fell swoop here. The question is, have they have they pushed too far? Have, has it really changed and transformed that we are awakening besides the hashtag woke, which is really a sleep state, but really oh, yeah. awakening to the game and no longer willing to comply or is there still a very, very fluid now, which way it goes from here? Yeah, I think I think it is fluid. But on the other hand, I think people are starting to wake up. Uh, they need to be nudged and emboldened more, though. Um, there need to be leaders who uh, just in everyday life, in daily life, can, uh, you know, push back against it and and, and kind of serve as uh, models for, you know, what it takes. Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I mentioned this the other day to someone. Um, it was a few days ago. I was in a building uh, that required masks, and you know, most no other buildings around there seem to require masks to enter. And um, I, uh, I'm not going to mention exactly where it was or anything, but I went in without a mask, and uh, one of the two elevators in that lobby was out of order. And, uh, and there were a whole bunch of people with masks on, of course, who uh, were gathered around the elevator. And, and, but the, the security guy looks at me and because I'm looking for the stairway. I'm just going to take the stairway up. And, uh, and he hands me this basket that has you know, masks in it. And I just said to him, I just said, that's bullshit. And of course, everybody heard me say that. And what was really interesting was he said right back to me, I know it's bullshit, but you got to wear one. He said, and, and, and he so. I just, how, how, how it was just not rooted in any reality other than the illusion. And basically, Veracabar said, but we have to do it anyway. Right. You know, and so I just said, what are we just following orders? Tell me where the stairway is, please. Cause there wasn't one right there. And he said, well, it's down that way, but you know, I could get you thrown out. I said, okay, have a nice day. And I just went on and I, you know, I, I just went to where I needed to go, but I, I, it's just like little things like now I wish I hadn't been quite so hostile. I just wasn't feeling very happy. Look, I, I feel <laughs> you. There are days when I'm like, I just want to let them have it. And, and you know, we yeah. just sort of that up, especially when, you know, it encroaches on your freedom. You know, we point out that if you want to wear a mask in your car on your own, you look like an absolute fool and a moron, but Hey, <laughs> Well, you know, right. you're, not, you're not you're not violating my freedom at that point, but you right. want to stop me from being able to breathe. That's you know, that's where it crosses a line where it's like, how do you delicately? It's a, it's the concept of being nice to tyrants again. These people right. are part of the tyrants' right and left tentacle and arm, and all, you know, like the Hydra, they're part of the the tyranny. They're playing it out on innocent right. people that are not wanting, simply just wanting to live their lives. So, at what point do we say politeness is also? you know, not the ideal response that sometimes we need to confront it. Not that we're eliciting violence or intentionally doing right. so, but to let of them course. know, no, it's not okay what you're doing. Well, you know, and it's very interesting. You mentioned that about politeness because, um, the, the, um, what I call him a mob activist, uh, Solodinsky wrote that famous mm -hmm. book called rules for radicals. And one of the main rules in there was to use the goodwill of people against yeah. them. And that's exactly what happens. We lived in a, you know, we've lived in a civil society, uh, you know, for generations and, and we just kind of assume that, you know, just being polite is the way to go. But we also mimic the behaviors of those around us, even if we, in a lot of times, 
it's not quite right. And we self-censor. And that's really important to remember is it's this self-censorship, this shutting up about what we believe. And sometimes even the lying about what we believe, this happens a lot in order to try to fit in or avoid ostracism. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, that that is that self-censorship is mm-hmm. what really gives a lot of oxygen to these bad destructive agendas. And yeah. so when you do call out a, a guard who, you know, unnecessarily is trying to get everybody masked because it's the rules. And even though the rules have already been proven to be ineffective and don't mean anything, um, you know, when you point that, when you just make a small gesture like that, that can embolden others who may be masked themselves who, you know, they think, you know, that pulls back the curtain. Havel talks about that. You pull back the curtain. And even if nobody says anything, now some people, you know, they ha- everybody has a different threshold, a different reaction. Sure. But but it's extremely important at this point in our mm-hmm. in our history and and what's going on and how the envelopes keeps getting pushed and who knows, uh, you know, what's going to happen next, what's going to yeah. be the next domino to fall. Uh, it, it's really important to push back and uh, and and expose the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm so, not waiting for the uh, kids to point out that the emperor is butt naked and ugly. You know, exactly. it's, it's time to, you know, call it uh, like it is. Now you talk about self-censorship. It's interesting. I, you know, I brought this up the other day. Um, when I started this broadcast in 1999, I made a conscious decision. I wanted to speak the truth. I didn't want to be censored. And I realized already I'd seen almost 10 years of attacks on, let's say natural doctors and companies that produce natural products that dared to even reference science in, in support of their products, you know, for disease, to recover from disease, and how they were viciously attacked by government agencies, FDA, FTC. And I thought, you know, I, I have this burning desire to speak up about all of this stuff. But if I start speaking about healing very specifically with products that I use, one thing, but that I sell, oh my gosh, then suddenly I would be attacked, I would be censored, I would be threatened, I'd be fined and perhaps jailed. So I self-censored in one sense of my activity, not in communication, but in activating a certain aspect of my economic life to be able to benefit and profit from the things I know are good that I would use and I would sell. So I haven't done that. And, and you know, I found my way through to speak up and speak truth to power, but it, it was an economic decision more than a, a censorship decision, but it was a different kind of censorship. You're censoring certain behaviors that you would engage in economically because it would bring you harm to speak out the truth that you want to relate to anybody. It's a subtlety to what you're saying, but it's another form of censorship, I believe. Yeah, but there is also a balance. Uh, You know, sometimes, especially in this environment, you have to be shrewd, uh, you know, in in ways that, you know, without compromising your integrity, you you just have to, uh, you know, make those hard calls sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main thing is that people learn through others who can lead in in speaking up and breaking through the censorship. Because once you have a great deal of self-censorship, and I have a whole part in the book that discusses a whole chapter on the conformity impulse and all of those experiments, fascinating experiments that were done in the 1950s and 60s on conformity and obedience to authority. 
And, uh, you know, it's just really fascinating how hardwired these impulses yeah. are in us. So they're very difficult to overcome unless you have, you know, a private sphere of life you can fall back on. And even then it can be hard, but still sure. that's absolutely necessary to keep civil society going is to have that, uh, the, what they're called the mediating institutions that kind of stand as a buffer zone between the individual and the mass state that prevent us from being atomized and isolated. So, but if you keep self-censoring, you're doing all the work for the tyrants for yeah. them. You're doing all of their heavy lifting. And, mm -hmm. and, and then uh, they can start doing these top-down uh, programs of censorship, like the so-called misinformation governance. Well, board. yeah, and I was just going to bring that up because how many platforms have we been banned on? A bunch of them. And then people started getting smart and going, hey, you know what? I can't say the word vaccine, so I'll use a different code word. And they got upset with that. Or imagery in terms of social media, they'd use a carrot instead of a syringe and people would know it, but they would try to find ways creatively to counter the censorship. And that was self-censorship, but at the same time, it was innovative in a sense of, I'm not going to stop saying it, but I know that their algorithms would stop me, but I'm going to do this. And it's like yeah. keeping one step ahead. Oh, yes. No, you, you, we have to fight smart. Yeah, mm -hmm. in it, you know, you can't just uh, take it all lying down. No, you have to, you have to devise ways to get around that and find the mm -hmm. weaknesses in their machinery. I, I discussed something I call the machinery of loneliness, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, you know, what is weaponized. It's, it's, uh, it's the means through which that fear, mm -hmm. that primal fear, can be triggered to bring about the conformity impulse and all the compliance. And, it, you know, they use all kinds of methods. I, you know, the political correctness and identity politics is meant to separate us. Then there's the mob mindset. Mobs can be street mobs. They can be HR department mobs. They can be college campus mobs or social yeah. media mobs. It's just the whole idea is to cultivate that fear so that you'll shut up about, um, the truth. Yeah. And and so you've got that. They criminalize comedy. They, you know, develop the snitch cultures and surveillance and you know, all of these different things. You've got to try to try to figure out ways to get around all of that stuff. Yeah. Stella, this is an important book you've written. I really want people to get it. I hope you do. Uh by the way, the the website for Stella is also there. She's holding up her book, but the website is stellamorabito.net, M-O-R-A-B-I-T-O.net. And in fact, yeah, one of the articles right at the lead right now is Conformity and the Machinery of Loneliness. Again, the book you can get everywhere, including Amazon, if you want to buy it there. If you do, that's fine. The Weaponization of Loneliness, How Tyrants Stoke Our Fear of Isolation to Silence, Divide, and Conquer. Uh, are, are there any upcoming speaking events? Are you going to be at any anything out and about that people can meet you? Uh, right now I'm just doing a lot of podcasts. Uh, right. you know, I, I'm doing interviews. Uh, I spoke to Dennis Prager when the, I don't know if he, you know, when, the, yeah. when it first came out, I've, uh, I've been, um, mostly just doing a lot of interviews and podcasts. Uh, I don't have any, you know, in-person events lined up. Okay. Well, if you do let us know, or maybe find an event and go to it and start talking to the folks because you, you're empowering them with this information. And I love to see people get the book and, and be changed for the better for, from it, for it. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. All right. That's Stella Morabito here on the Robert Scabell show first time. And she's a, yeah, terrific. She, she knows the history. And I think that's something that is a vulnerability for all of us. If we don't know how, that, how it works, certainly we've seen a lot of it very, very, uh, prescient in, in today's experience, but 
And going back to that history, it will help as well to know other things that they might try to do if they haven't used all of their techniques yet. There are others that are subtle sometimes, but um, the compliance is really their strength. And so our strength is nullification. <laughs> You've heard it. I nullify that. And the simplest of things is uh, maybe, you know, in the elevator. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it, you got to fig figure out your relative risk or your actual risk in any given situation. But sometimes the spirit will move you and you're like, oh, I didn't expect to do that. But it was just the right thing to do at that point in time because everybody wanted to take their mask off and they were too afraid to be the first to do it. By the way, Plandemic 3, we got a sneak preview of it at the Red Pill Expo. Mickey Willis uh, put that together. Hopefully we get Mickey back on the show. And they have a, a, a beautiful musical montage in the new movie. Uh, that is that we got to see a sneak preview of. That's brilliant. And it goes a lot to the themes we've just discussed today. Um, and, and I, you know, the movies, the documentaries, the feature films, these things really inspire people. They can be really uplifting. They can really be programming you as well. Uh, but I would urge you to look, look at what Mickey Willis is doing with media as well. He's doing a good job with that. Now I know we have uh, more questions of the day as well, Super Don, and also upcoming events and, you know, I would love to see some of you guys or all of you guys at some of these upcoming events. Have you updated? We've got some new ones uh, coming up. Um, I know in January, of course, the first thing out of the gate is Stu and Terry Warner had moved the uh, their event uh, from October when we were going uh, to Orlando uh, to the first weekend of January 2023, which is like right around the corner. It's crazy to think about how soon that'll be. So if we can go to the upcoming events tab, I think I think you have it in there. Is that it right there? Is that what we're looking at? Go full screen on that so I can. January seventh and eighth in Orlando, Florida. Yes, that's it. And here, there we go. Full screen now. We got uh, Judy Mikovits, Dr. David Martin's going to be there. Uh, McCullough's going to be there, and uh, I'll be there, of course. And and Barbara Lowe Fisher. Oh, yeah, and, and there'll be, be a there. lot of events surrounding it, including uh, Nurse Freedom Network events. A lot of things. It'll be more than just those two days. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you down there in Orlando. Doctors Terry and Stu Warner, Robert Scott Bell. Oh, it looks like Billy, Billy D's going to be there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Ed Group's going to be there. Paul Alexander. So yeah, yeah looks like deal. a great, great event. So look. For oh, and you know what? Uh, you know, the Next Steps conference is coming up here. I have not had a chance. Dude, I got so much stuff flying at me from every direction. Yeah. There's a new banner for this. This um, well, I just got this this morning. Look at this. So it's got a... a, a uh, visual of all the people there. You, you recognize a few of those faces? Look at that. Well, there's Tia Severino. We got to get her on. Polly Tommy, I see. Uh, Peter McCullough, uh, Stephanie Lucretio, Sin Hang Lee. Wow, PhD. He was, he's broke. We've had him on the show. Pierre Corey, uh, James Lyons Weiler, Brian Hooker. I'm just going visually here. Who all do I see here? Oh, I'm in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there for that one. And uh, there is uh, Nurse Freedom Network. Yes, Kimberly Overton and more. So that's happening February 22nd through the 25th, and they've already uh, picked the place, which is unusual. I have to talk to Tia about that. Lanier Islands. Yeah, we'll get her on the show. So uh, that's coming up. So we got January in Orlando, February in Atlanta area. Next-steps.info. We'll get some ticket links as soon as we have them available as well. And those are just some of the things that are up and coming. I will be attending. Uh, there's, a, I think, a Children's Health Defense um, fundraiser and Bobby Kennedy will be the, one of the featured speakers and there and maybe Brian Hooker's coming to that one too. And that will be in the Los Angeles area, uh, Friday, December to the second. Thanks to my friends, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Tony, o uh, Tony O'Donnell and Katie. 
Uh, she's amazing. We've had them on the show over the years as well, and they're hosting it uh, in the LA area. That's uh, Friday, December 2nd. Um, many of our friends that are going to the A4M in Las Vegas around that time, uh, Natural Immunogenics will be there. I think they have uh, a number of speakers, including, let's see if I can do this by memory. Um, no, I can't. No, actually, yes, Dr. Jack Wilson. <laughs> Dr. Jack Wilson will be presenting one evening at A4M on um, some r- real critical aspects of copper as it relates to cardiovascular health. Dr. Jack is a friend, and we'd love to have him back on the show, paleocardiologist. And uh, he's got he's got something coming up. Yeah, um, I'm trying. To I, he interviewed me for an event that's coming up. I think in the new year. Yeah, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this is a, a crazy day yeah or, and, and and week yeah. going on for all of the stuff that and i'm trying to get it all put together and stuff for this week because we've got mm-hmm. a, uh just black crazy friday sales black friday sales yeah. and Hello. stuff nearly going on i just yeah. got the first thing put up on the page that i made on the website it doesn't it doesn't go active until tomorrow but total twins has like a 75 percent off deal okay that they're doing so if you've been thinking about doing Tuttle twins it doesn't start until tomorrow but the banner is up now mm-hmm. um on a bundle uh, it's like a $300 value and wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But, um, Jack Wolfson, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a thing coming up and what is it called? Uh, da, 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 da. I just got an about email. The healthy heart, sorry. maybe it's healthy, healthy heart thingy <laughs> that's coming up in February. Yeah. I'm, and I'm be in that one. That yeah. So that's yeah. going to be a good one. Uh, also, if you go to the front page at robertscottbell.com, you can see we have a, a health freedom commemorative silver round. It's kind of like a silver coin, three nines pure. It's beautiful. And you can see mm-hmm. on it, it says, without health freedom, there is no freedom. In the back, the truth will set you free. And it's a commemorative collectible coin. It's a limited edition. And it's helping to support uh, our efforts to promote health freedom and healing liberty. And so if, you, if you're interested in some nice gifts for the holidays, that's another thing you can do. Indeed. And uh, just below that, I don't know, you, you probably have to refresh it to see because I was working on that as you were talking with uh, Dr. Stella. Great interview, by the way. By both, man. Good stuff today. Nailed it out of the park today. Again, mm-hmm. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, good job. PR is doing uh, good work. I know, right? Yeah. But uh, just underneath that there, there was somebody in the chat room earlier that was asking about getting uh, being able to watch the Red Pill Expo again. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I put the banner back up on the website. Okay. Um, and it's just below the coins there up on the, on the right hand corner. So, and I think that was Lori, Laura Pfeiffer. Yeah. She wanted to know. Laura yeah. Pfeiffer you can asked. actually have access for a number of months, uh, Laura. And we have the link to get tickets also for the new one coming up in June of 2023. We don't know the location yet, but they're holding the line on prices for a little bit of time. So if you want to go ahead and purchase your tickets for the next one, and if it's in a city you can't get to, it's fully refundable. So don't feel like it's a risk, but it helps support the efforts of G. Edward Griffin and Red Pill University and uh, Red Pill Expo. So, yeah, you can still watch the uh, all the, the lectures that occurred at the Red Pill Expo uh, this past, uh, was it weekend or the weekend before, in fact, in Salt Lake City. It's fantastic. So, yeah, still available to you as well. And um, so what else? What do we want to do here? We got, we got, got like seven minutes <laughs> you want to tackle that other uh, question of the day yeah it's a pretty serious one uh but all right we do that from time let's do it all right all right this question of the day is coming from chris uh chris says i have a friend diagnosed with a very rare 
anaplastic uh, uh, thyroid cancer. 42 years old, extremely fit, and did not eat junk food. When diagnosed, it had already been metastasized to his lungs, 50 spots, sacrum, and brain. What information would be good for him, and can you help recommend someone to help, Chris? I mean, that look, this is one of those things where you're asking almost at the last minute if it's that severe as you describe it. I mean, this is one of the fastest growing, spreading forms of thyroid cancer that they have in medicine that they know about. And, you know, you say he was fit and did not eat junk food. Well, that, that may be true in terms of physical fitness on some level, in terms of athleticism, for instance, or not eating junk food. And the question I always have is, is what percentage of the diet was organic versus conventionally grown? And even then, that, that's sometimes not enough. Somebody will say, well, Robert, you know, I look, I know some people that eat organic and got cancer. All right. This is not me saying that, you know, it's only about eating organic and nothing else. Although that's a big part of reducing the toxicological burden, the exposure of carcinogens and other things. Also, the displacement of minerals that protect us against cancer, much less its metastasis. And I would come back and Chris, if, if there's time enough to do so, um, make sure. And I'm not again, we're not big fans of Facebook. We've been banned occasionally. We're back on and you some of you are watching us on Facebook now. Uh, if you go to the group, not a doc or say not a nurse and not a doc spelled out, not a nurse and not a doc. That's a, a, a group that our friend Chris, Chris uh, Barr and Angie had set up. And if you want to focus on 100% whole food nutrition, nutritional supplements that are not synthetic at all, uh, they have a cancer protocol. And I would in, in absolutely engage on all of that that is described. And I, I go through the basics here because I don't have time to go through it all, but just for your friend, you know, some basic things, even if you're eating organic, I still supplement selenium every day. I try to get three of the innate response selenium tablets. That's 50 micrograms each. That's 150 micrograms three times a day. That's 450 micrograms. That's not enough for someone with cancer. I would be doing four, probably five times a day to get 200 micrograms, five to a thousand micrograms, maybe a six time a day. I know there are doctors out there freaking out that you're going to kill them with selenium. That's just nonsense. You're afraid of the wrong thing, especially in the right form. And then, of course, the chromium. We talked about that. There's the chromium-vanadium combination we have from Food Research. By the way, these you can get from choosetobehealthy.com. Our friend Jonathan, choosetobehealthy.com. And you can use the code RSB5 to get a discount on everything once you, you place your order. Um, the chromium is critical for blood sugar management and sugar management in a general sense beyond even the blood to keep the sugar away from cancer cells any sugar, because it's not only about refined carbs, which obviously you want to avoid, but your body utilizes sugars for energy too. And you want to keep that to your healthy cells and eliminate the access for the cancer cells. So the chromium and vanadium help there in a food form, uh, ideally. And then the silicon, the silica is so critical for connective tissue integrity. We do the Alta silica out of Idaho, but we get that through choosetobehealthy.com as well. Those three are the basis for everything that I do in terms of supplementation, because you start there. It's not the end point, but the starting point, because the connective tissue is how you, it meta cancer metastasizes. If the connective tissue is weak, it easily spreads. And it sounds like it's done that despite the fitness level of the, of your friend, as you describe it, could there be mineral deficiencies like silicon? Absolutely. And then of course the copper, the bioactive copper hydrosol, this is the sovereign copper. And that's also a connective tissue mineral, critical mineral. And in some cases, we know that cancer is evidence of uh, growth of fungal species and parasites. Copper is nature's anti-parasitic. It's amazing in that regard, too. So there's a lot to consider here when you're addressing these serious, serious uh, manifestations of cancer and the spread of it. Now, with thyroid, of course, we always talk selenium and iodine. A lot of people are iodine only, but you forget selenium activates it, makes it possible. 
So if you're doing a nation form of iodine, which is great and fine, uh, make sure you have adequate selenium intake as well. And uh, as far as recommending someone as serious as it is, you know, you might have to leave America, go to Mexico to one of the clinics, whether it's Dr. Tony Jimenez, the Gerson clinic, any of these things to get the kind of therapy. They're not going to give you stateside because they would attack and destroy any doctors that did the holistic things that are done at those clinics outside of the United States of America. Just waking up one governor, one state legislator and Senate uh, could change everything by kicking the FDA out and saying, we declare our state a health freedom state. And we are going to allow doctors and, and all doctors to compete for the healthcare dollar. And we're not going to limit their ability to uh, hang a shingle and, and sell things for cancer that are not approved by the FDA. Just fully informed consent, though. No deception. And if it is FDA approved, say it. If it's not, say it. But it's caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. Let you engage and describe it. This doesn't open up the floodgates for fraud because I believe what the FDA is doing is fraud in deceiving you that there is no other option for cancer. That's a much more deadly and dangerous fraud than anybody offering something that the FDA is not approved of that is likely, more likely to work and not kill you like the chemo does. So isn't that interesting to consider? Uh, let's see. What else has we got to do here as we wrap up? Hey, Super Don, do you have that video of my daughter shooting the uh, BMG, the 50? Is that available to you or is that too much to ask with a minute looking to left? Because we can go to the bonus round and show it, show that. I'm going to lean that way. I think that I don't want to overwhelm Super Don because it's a very hard out here with our friends at uh, Brighty on. <laughs> that is my 17 year old daughter. If you just saw that visually, Dude, and it's embarrassing. My 17 year old daughter can shoot a 50 BMG better than I can. I've never done it. My son has it and I did it. And I'm, I'm looking at my daughter. I'm like, oh, she's holding up this 27 pound gun. Like it's nothing. And, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I didn't, I didn't shoulder it well enough. And I got scoped. In other words, it went boom. And it, it, a little bruise up here. I'm like, dude, my daughter is better at me than shooting the BMG. All right. I'm just honest. Love her and love you. Thank you for being here. Bonus round next. The power to heal is yours. Okay, bonus round commences now. And boy, we had, a, I could have done a third hour with all the good quality of information and interviews we did th today, Super D. It was amazing. Was it me or was this like the pace today? It was just like, went, man. Bam. Yeah. Bam to land. That was good. It's like a 50 BMG. That, um, that Mark Sherwood is like, Sherwood's awesome. Dude. Yeah, that was. I, I love that. Good yeah, he's a good guy to hang good out with. He's, he's got he's, his biceps are bigger than my head, though. So, yeah, went went crazy fast. Oh, oh yeah, Leslie reminded me. Of course, the missing link is a, a great baseline in terms of uh, you know the minerals as well. In addition to the specific ones I mentioned, again, I only had a, a limited time to just kind of throw out the, the the basics. So, um, still, while it's available, not a nurse and not a doc on um, Facebook. Is a, they have a cancer protocol. It's not going to, they're not going to mess around with you if you're synthetically oriented though. So just let them know you, you heard about it on the Robert Scott Bell show and get the stuff from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. All right. See what other comments, questions. Mom, my mom is in the audience. Yes, she is. Hi mom. 
She says, I'm reminded that growing up, I never respected or trusted authority. So yeah, I can credit my mom a lot with that. She was always suspicious of authority. She always kind of went her own way and let, you know, let the guidance from the unseen worlds, people would think she's crazy. What are you doing? You can't do that. You know, the, the conformist would say that. And she's done extraordinary things in her life as well. And yes, mom, props to you. I definitely got that independent spirit uh, a lot from your example. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's see what else we got here as we're wrapping up and in the bonus round. We forget to cover anything or do we cover everything we planned to today? We covered everything yeah. and and then some. Did you did you think, uh, you know, I, I, Sherwood's great because everywhere I go, he can go and has gone, you know, mm-hmm. taking the principles I talk about from healing on all levels, including going to the economics and politics and, you know, opening with that uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. I mean, is that not yeah. obvious to everybody? Yet some people, many people, in fact, will go, oh, this will be awesome. It'll all be digitized. I won't have to bring my wallet. They'll scan my arm. I mean, there are people that are like thrilled about how easy life yeah. could be. I'm like, dude, that's yeah. a trap. It's such a trap and you don't see it still. It's um, There are some countries that are already doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There was a story going around in the news a while back about some guy. I think he was like in Sweden or yeah. So, you know, somewhere like that where he had, they had actually put the the chip in his hand and so he could just like walk up the thing and wave his, you know, like a Jedi, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> no, and if you guys, if you guys currency think a science forward. fiction thing that way down the road in the future, I mean, they're already in certain places, it's happening. Like in the quote in this mm-hmm. article from Brownstone with sources, now the government is asking people to apply for plastic mine number cards equipped with microchips and photos to be linked to the driver's licenses and the public health insurance plans Again, socialized single payer. Anybody? You guys are in very vulnerable situation in Canada with this. Health insurance cards uh, now in use, which lack photos, will be discontinued late 2024. Uh, people will be required to use my number cards instead. I'm not saying this is a Canadian thing only, but I'm just you know concerned about my neighbors to the north. Uh, let's see. Yeah. The new pass will guarantee the allocation of fuel quota on a weekly basis. A QR code will be given for each national identity card number. Once the vehicle identification number and other details are verified. So remember that the, the digital ID, real ID, this is where it's wanting to go. If you let it, they will basically lock your car down. You know, if they can't stop the flow of oil altogether uh, by, yep, uh, national identity. Card. What's what's bad about a national identity? Well, and that is. and here's, here's the thing yeah. for, for, for people maybe that are kind of like riding the fence on whether they want to mm-hmm. believe this, like you were saying, right? right? Um, I, I think where you can, you can kind of meet these people in the middle Mm -hmm. where you could say, we don't know that they, they're going to do it, but they'll have the ability to telling us they want to do it. Right. I mean, so it's, it's one of those things I'm trying to remember. What was it? Help me, help me remember this. Mm -hmm. There was this, this, this thing that we talked about like a year, you know, a few years ago where it was like. Uh, there was a politician, maybe maybe the president, where it was like there was this legislation was going to pass, and it was going to give them the ability to do something really sinister. And their response was, "Well, but but we wouldn't, we wouldn't do, that. do that." Yes, we wouldn't. Remember, you oh, know what I'm talking about? There was something, I can't remember what it was. But, the, 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 but I mean, the question is, why put it in there then? You're right. And so one of those things, you know, I, I think the way that you could connect to somebody mm-hmm. that would be going, "Oh, you're just being." tinfoil hat wearing you know whatever look, look, like look at australia if you look at it black and white mm-hmm. it, it, it would give them ability to do it you may not believe that they will but you're naive to think they won't well, if they can't 
if they can't. But why you know? should they even have the ability to do that? You know, they're telegraphing everything they want to do. Look in, uh, let's see, Australia. According to a report from Nine News, Queensland Department has ruled that unvaccinated teachers who have been allowed to return to their employment this term after being placed on leave without pay will cop yet another financial blow with a reduction in remuneration for a period of 18 weeks. Again, sapping you of, you know, what you're working for simply because you didn't comply with, a, a, you know, a fiat government mandate of a, a product, product that carries no liability. Uh, then another one, the trial, which is voluntary, will, yes, as they always say, well, it's voluntary until it isn't. The trial, which is voluntary, will use facial recognition to identify people and how many tickets they have. The technology could be extended to cover automated purchases at concession stands, restaurants, and bars. Oh, yeah, just a little convenient thing like that. Facial recognition, too. It's voluntary right now. But Super Don, guess what? Did you know that Social Security is voluntary? Is a voluntary system? Um, I've heard this before. But there's yeah, no law. New to me I, there's no law requiring. It was you to new to me when I heard about it mm-hmm. because it was just you know when we when, when you turn 18, yeah. you know they just kind of go here. Okay, here's this mm-hmm. and here's that, and you do this and sign this and whatever, you know. And so social security is just like that's just something that comes out of your check when you get a job. Yeah, anybody just, our age, no, or, nobody ever goes. You don't have to do this if you don't anybody want to. our age or younger will not see anything. And you're like, well, you have to do it. Really, you do? Where's the law? No law requires it. It makes it inconvenient if you don't have it. I'll acknowledge that. But that's how they get you to go along, to make your life a living hell if they can. So you just go, well, it's just too hard to live according to my principles. Yeah, uh, I don't ever remember. Because here's the thing. When I was when I was young, mm-hmm. um, if I had known that I could have had money not taken out of my paycheck so i had a more i would have done it of course everybody now now, you know and people probably would have said oh that's the dumbest thing you could do you know what are you going to do when you get old or like that i probably would one of those guys be like i want that extra 60 bucks in my Mm -hmm. my paycheck every month you know yeah but the thing is what are you going to do but i didn't know nobody told me retirement age and there is no money in social security or the money they have can't buy anything no yeah how smart is that looking um so yeah, that article is a good one. And this guy is sort of skeptical, this Josh Steilman that wrote it. He's like, you know, I'd love to be wrong about this. But he says, however, until there is evidence, we need to be suspicious of anyone perpetuating this dangerous path, regardless of their motivations. Oh, we just want to make it easier for you to live like people in China do. Yeah, that's all. It's innocent. Really? Yeah. Don't buy it. Don't let them sell, you know, sell you into slavery. If you're already there, get out. Get out. There we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's quite some feminine protection. Chris Steiner, what are you talking about? I, I don't know what the reference is to that. I can't follow in the, in the uh, chat room there. Oh, you're in the other chat room. Our chat room. The only real chat room. Everybody else is. Oh, I see everybody on Facebook. You've just, you've just, uh, them insulted Facebook. them all. Look, I know it's easy to watch on Facebook. I'm just teasing them, playing. As long as we have access to it, we'll, we'll keep doing it. Let's see. Leslie even went as far as talking about driver's licenses or plates for your vehicle. No law that forces. Well, listen, if uh, you have the statement of origin, uh, that's a different story. Once that has been entered into the system via, you know, the manufacturer sends it to the dealership and you buy it from the dealership, the certificate of title is held by the state, county. And so they require licenses and tags and all of that. So it's another thing. If you, if you can get a, something that has uh, been salvaged and just kind of rebuilt. Again, I'm not, I don't mean to go into all of these details. There's a lot to ways that people don't know, 
But of course, those people are, are, are considered terrorists to the, to the government. You know, how dare they want to be free and independent and not pay tri tribute to us, right? That's the way it's always gone. So they use the techniques that, uh, that uh, we, we talked about in hour two today, you know, with the book on uh, the loneliness. That was, that was amazing. Stella Morabito. So just write that Good down. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. You see, all right. Well, apple pie. It was amazing. Yeah, I saw that. So I good. saw that. What did she say By about the way? Speaking of stuff, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Leslie, her her podcast is going to be awesome. I, am I going to be on the first episode with her? Uh, yeah, we need to get you and her connected. Okay. Um, because we're going to be putting that out on our podcast feed, right? And so we want to kind of do a you know an introduction to the people the the thousands of people that are listening to that podcast you know they suddenly go whoa wait a minute and what is that doesn't what is sound like robert's podcast called stay at home mom see yeah i mean she does she want me to be on this because i really believe women should stay at home um yeah well what what i what i was thinking mm -hmm. Um, is oh you mean as a guest you like to be interviewed I don't know what what is the thought here oh well okay what I what I, I am thinking of doing is just having you and her just do a short podcast and you introducing her to the people on the podcast oh, okay yeah yeah type yeah. of thing that type of thing now yeah. no yeah I no I guess she says absolutely yeah she wants you on the podcast, <laughs> so fine I, yeah, but I I'm guess. not a stay at home mom you can't have me on that's true I support. Right. Anyway, I'm just I'm just saying because I have been working on it in the in the in the uh, the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, it really sounds great. <laughs> it's really I'm, I'm excited. Oh, it's awesome. gonna be it's gonna be fun we'll working be, with. We'll her be on broadcasting this, so. it on the Robert Scott Bell Show Network, or whatever we're calling it. Super Don. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We got to come up with some kind of yeah. like fancy name now, right? Because right. we're gonna have Leslie on there. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, short week, we got Thanksgiving. Are you ready for Thanksgiving, by the way? That's more of my wife's question. Is your wife ready for Thanksgiving? She probably said no. I think no. we got everything. I mean, we're, we're, we, we're doing uh, our friends that are homeless to, to come. And I, when I say it that way, it's not like we're not picking people off the street and say, come and eat with us. It, it's like people that don't have family in the area, you know, that, where they have the big gatherings. So a lot of people do. And we're like, you know, if you don't have a big family, then come on, let's get together. And that's fun. That's nice to do. Uh, and so we'll have a few people over. That's our plan anyway. We got a great deal on an organic turkey. A couple of weeks back, Nancy found it. I mentioned it wasn't that expensive relative to even, the, you know, the super cheap factory farm turkey. So it's, you know. Probably not what you were expecting, huh? Which no, is good. Well, it was great. I remember one year I was like, so, but again, there's a lot more production of them than ever before too. If you're doing, if you're going right. that way. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at the the thing. I saw Leslie made a comment when we were talking about ch food choices. Um, let's see. Leslie says, okay, this is earlier in the, I am baking some things for a bake sale blind auction and was asking some friends what pie they thought would be better, apple or pumpkin. And they said they were all chime and they were all chiming in. And I mentioned that I'm making everything from scratch and it's gluten-free organic. And they said, why would you make something so expensive for people who do not care about it? Just buy some cheap pie filling and throw it together. And Leslie responds, I fully believe in the scripture in Philippians 2, 3, 4, uh, doing not. It's Philippians, not Philippines. 
That's where I shot <laughs> Philippines. Even I know that. I, I love I love the language and the ability to pronounce things wrong. Philippines. <laughs> you know what? I'll do my Latin my way. You do it your way. Doing not, a bunch of Filipinos right now. Just going, huh? do, doing what? I'm glad we got some laughter there. Doing not through selfish or self-conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each one should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Now, what did you think of our discussion when we were talking uh, with uh, Mark, Dr. Phillips, uh, about, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Sherwood. I'm part, I'm thinking Sherwood. Philippians already. Philippian? Yes. Right? I'm lost <laughs> on that now. Uh, but Dr. Sherwood, when we were talking about the food choices, how important that was. And, you know, as I said, the, the reality is that's more offensive to people than challenging their religious beliefs, talking about food. How dare you mm. criticize? Sometimes, that? yeah, depending yeah. on the person. Yeah. You know, it's like you said, it's like whenever you get into like the the uh, mm-hmm. the meat eaters versus the vegans, you know, it's just yeah. like it's a holy war almost. Yeah. Sometimes. So. Yeah. You know what? But, you know, I see a question from Michael Bolden. All right. Here's here's the thing. OK, listen to this. Michael Bolden. If you want to show up on Friday and join me on the air, I would come back and turn on the microphone. I do it even without Superdon because I don't want him to have to work because we're planning to do an encore on Friday to take the weekend off. So, but Bolden asked the question, are you guys doing a live show on Friday? We're not planning on it. Typically we don't on Thanksgiving week, but, but you're saying that you would make an exception for. If, if, if that's yeah. the only time we could get Michael Bolden on the show, I'm like, dude, it's ridiculous how hard he is to, he plays so hard to get and he's moved. He's living in a nice place now. I, mean, I don't know what the problem is. Like, I still can't get him to commit to even join us on an AMA, although he did send the picture in wearing the Robert Scott Bell Show hat, so i got to give him props for that. That was love. Everybody loves seeing that at the AMA. So uh, I'll just throw it out there. But, yeah, we're planning at this point um, Thanksgiving, Friday, Black Friday, uh, also Encore, and then Sunday Encore, and then we'll be back to live shows on Monday after. Yeah. <laughs> Steven says, I'm a stay-at-home mom, M-O-M, modern orthomolecular man. Orthomolecular? I just don't know wow. whether I should be offended or say thank you. I'm not sure. I know. I have to, I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> I'm still wondering why Chris <laughs> said about feminine protection. I missed, I, I guess I uh, it was. It was, oh, it was the video. Firearm. Of, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was, yeah. She's, uh, my daughter is badass. I have to say, I was like blown away. She's like, this thing you can barely lift for a, a strong person. It was tall. Yeah. It's bigger than her. And it's, it's, it's heavy. It's a lot of the weight out front in that barrel. That's where all the weight is. And she like, boom. And you can see the shock wave. That was really cool. So we had a good time going out and practicing and it's important to practice, you know, stay in practice. I love it that my, my daughter is comfortable around firearms and she's, she's good with them. So it was a good day going out shooting on the weekend out in the free range range, so to speak. Rocking in the free world. Yeah. But dude, you speaking of that, that Neil Young. Yes, Neil Young. Neil Young. He's douche. in the news again. I saw douche, just, hasn't he? You know, I, I have like a, if I had to put together a list of like the five worst singers ever, he's on that list. Not the top five. Boy. I just, I just have never, I mean, he's got, when he did the Rock in the Free World song back in the 80s, you know, okay, yeah, that was kind of a toe tapper. Mm hmm. Um, but you know, most of his stuff, his earlier stuff, you know, that everybody's like, Oh, Neil Young. So you're not, you're you not know, a Bob Dylan fan either then. 
I know. No, neither one of them. Yeah. God, yeah. If you had the two of them do a duet, uh, people would die if they listened <laughs> to the music. It was just, I mean, come on, you know? But uh, anyway, he was in the news this morning mm. because uh, he's still complaining about Joe Rogan mm. and uh, the fact that Spotify didn't drop him. So he's complaining, uh, uh, targeting free speech? Spotify wow. again. Because, you know, you remember he, dry, he, he left Spotify, he took his music off of Spotify because mm. Joe Rogan was spreading misinformation he said on mm-hmm. on uh, covid and and then a couple other people that m- most people don't remember or know from the 60s and 70s and stuff like that they left too and nobody cared and you know it's not like spotify went out of business because neil young isn't on there right. you know it's like <laughs> so anyway yeah he was in the news this morning i guess yeah, he wanted to remind people he's still alive and and uh was complaining about spotify mm. Sorry, just made me think of that. Um, also, did you see that? Um, I I don't know. You remember the uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Well, I'd never really Back fan the of them and watched them, so it kind of bypassed me. I know of them certainly. I mean, you couldn't. Not. The guy that played the Green Ranger, he was like the coolest one, right? You know, that that was the the best martial artist guy. He died. Um, did they say just, why? Well, here's the thing. Um, initially, no. Okay, he was 49 years old. 49. Um, okay. 49. And initially they, they gave no uh, cause of death. Mm-hmm. And then there was another article that came out. And I think it was, I want to say it was TMZ. And usually TMZ is pretty accurate on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that it was suicide. He killed um, himself? Is that what they're saying? That That's that's what it said. But then, you know, there's it's conflicting. And so... Uh, Talk about you the know, loneliness thing. I mean, even if you were... Uh, maybe, maybe. But yeah, the Green Ranger, the guy that played the Green Ranger, he, he died uh, just, I think wow. it was yesterday. Hmm. That may mean something to some people and to others, they may not care and that's okay. But I remember my kids, you know, the, yeah. the Power Rangers was a big thing, you know, when they were little and growing up and stuff, so... Yeah, that one passed me by, or I passed it by. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. So anyway, um, so just a reminder, you guys, there is a page up on the website that I am working on presently. That's going to have as much of the uh, Black Friday stuff, the specials on the stuff that you guys like that we talk about, uh, as I can get on there, and I probably will send out some emails as well on that. So if you're looking at saving some money on some cool stuff that you can get behind because it's Robert Scott Bell show approved, mm-hmm. you, um, you can go over there and click on the, the thing get, and, and um, check it out. Did Lisa Hill commit to be on the show between now and? Well, here's the thing. I, I texted with her mm-hmm. or I emailed with her mm-hmm. and we talked about it. Yeah. And she said Wednesday. And so I've got her booked for Wednesday. Now I have not gotten a yes. Thank you. Okay. I want to I agree. Very, the best deal of the year on the Silverite pillows, I think. Yeah. So there is going to be a Black Friday special for the Silverite. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a Black Friday special for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still trying to get organized on it all right now. This happens every You're year. You're not going to sleep and until I, Thanksgiving I, I, or even after <laughs> the way it's going. Well, whatever. Any interns out there want to help out Super Don? Seriously. Remember, the people that have worked with us before have gone on to very successful careers, honestly. In, in the well, in and the I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm like really seriously like getting ready to uh, figure out some way to, to farm farm this out one way or another okay. because I've got other projects that are coming up. Yeah, like 
working with Leslie. I really like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really something I want to do. I'm also working with Scott Shara. Yeah. Very important. He's got a great message and an important message. He's wanting to get out there. And so I'm working with him on that. And I am also looking at getting involved in helping uh, our friends over at Cardio Miracle. Yeah. With a podcast as well. And this is the stuff I want to do. And you know, it's like all the other, I was sitting here, you just do it somehow. I was sitting here thinking about it the other day and I'm just like, you know what? For like the last 17 years, I, I have been busting my butt. Right. And, but the thing, the, the stuff that I got into radio to do, I have yet really been able to do, which is like, that's a long time, Mm -hmm. 17 years. And I'm not, I I don't, I, I, I don't think I'm being selfish at this point, but I, it's like, you know, I want to be able to do what it is that I got into radio to do mm-hmm. for a good reason, which I feel like, you know, we're working with people like Scott and Leslie and Cardio Miracle and you and all this stuff like that. It's like there's, there's it's a good thing. I'm yeah. not just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. There, there's a purpose behind it, right? Yeah. And it's like, I want to do this stuff before I, I, I check out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and move on to whatever it is after being here, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I want to do these things. So I, I'm like looking, I've got some, some family members and I might be able to farm some stuff off too. Cause I've got other side things that I do, yeah. but those things are just like, that's just grunt work and it has no meaning to it. It's just like, I'm making some, you know, some extra money, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, to me, I want to, I want to like do something that matters, right. Yeah. That means something. And so that stuff I'm going to be giving off to other people. And it's some great opportunities. Yeah, well, I again, mean, you, you're really? learning. There may be some things, and we folded over some things into paid positions as things got better, and other people mm-hmm. moved on to other things that were, you know, even more bigger things for them. Uh, that was like a, a really important experience. So don't discount that uh, if you have some. Skills. So, as as far as you know, this immediate stuff here with what it is that, that we do here with the Robert Scott Bell Show, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's. it's WordPress and, and websites and audio editing and video editing and, and all this kind of stuff for the right person when they hear it, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, yeah, that they, man, that's totally cool. I want to do that. Right. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It takes a time commitment and there are deadlines on this stuff like that. So it's not something that somebody can just kind of just, you know, randomly just kind of do and not do or whatever like that. It, you know, it, it takes a commitment, but there's a lot, I think of value to it, you know, that you're going to learn. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for the right person, when it comes along, you know, I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity. So we'll just keep putting it out there and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, there's some cool things coming up. And like I said, I'm going to cheerlead for the Leslie podcast because that's the one I'm, I'm working on presently. About. I am too. And that's, that's exciting. It's really coming together. She doesn't even know that she's learning about this right now yeah. as I'm saying it because I haven't actually even talked to her about this. Very cool. Because I've been just so busy. But yeah, it's coming together. It's going to be. I great. see there's a poll question you sent out in the newsletter today during the show. Yeah, it, it was so last minute because I overslept this, <laughs> this morning. Yeah. I woke up 45 minutes late and that threw everything off. So hmm. um, did you see that Elon Musk has unbanned Donald Trump on Twitter and, and the left is losing their minds? Well, isn't it interesting he, as of yet? I don't think he's tweeted anything out. I don't think he. Well, and, and that's the interesting story here um, because the thing is, is Trump has truth social. It's his own social media yeah. thing, right? And from what I was reading this morning, there are some stipulations in his contractual 
agreement with True the people involved in True Social that he used True Social oh. for his social media. Mm-hmm. And so there's some question as to whether he is going to use Twitter because that might create some problems for True Social if he did. Uh, because people are I, going I to True Social easy. and it's like exclusive. You know, I think it's supposed it's to be easy to solve. Is just every time you post on Twitter, just post what you p- put on True Social with a link back. To yeah, but there's there's like apparently there's like uh, some some uh, restrictions on yeah. that. You yeah. know, as far as like it has to go on True Social for a period of time before it can go anywhere else type thing. So that's that's all being worked out. But people are wondering: Is he going to actually go back to Twitter? Mm-hmm. Elon Musk wants him to. Yeah, of, course. of course, they'll draw a lot more Makes eyeballs, sense, right? But you're asking so, the question in the poll question: How that they brought back Donald Trump? Should they bring back Alex Jones? Right now, Elon Musk presently is saying no. Hmm. Um, and actually, Alex put out a video, uh, uh, not um, blaming Elon for that. Okay. Um, and it, it, you guys can go look all that stuff if you if, you, if you're interested to see what he's talking yeah. about, but. My question in the, in the poll question would be, you know, in, just in theory, you know, uh, do you think that they should bring him back? Yeah. And presently, I don't have it to show you, but I can just tell you, mm-hmm. uh, our subscribers are eighty one percent saying yes. Yeah. Well, we're a free speech crew here; we don't get offended easily. Yeah. And even nine percent says no, and eight percent says not sure. Yeah. And even if we do so get offended, we're like, we don't have to ban that because it offends me. Right. Yeah. Yep, and a very good article, uh, no, the top-read article right now on the newsletter is from Mike Adams over at Natural, well, it's from Ethan Huff over at Natural News, Okay, talking about unvaccinated blood banks. I know we've yeah, talked about that on the show. We were talking about that last week, yeah, I think. A lot, a few times, yeah. People and really there's so. a naturopath, um, Della Pietra, has started a new safe blood donation service to provide unvaccinated blood for patients needing transfusion transfusions. Well, how long will I And so it's a thing. She's attacked by the government. Yep. Hope not, but Yep, yep, yep. So it is a thing. Uh, a, she's a, 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 a oh no, he, I'm sorry. George Della Pietra is a Swiss naturopath. Okay. And it started something. I don't know if it's in Switzerland, but mm-hmm. No, it looks like it's here. So anyway, that is the most popular story on the newsletter, among others. There's some cool stuff there about uh, gifts that you can get for people that are gardeners and plant-based stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. All kinds of fun stuff. Cool. All right. So what's coming up tomorrow? I think we got tomorrow Trinity School of Natural Health guest tomorrow. We do. Oh, this is the one that, that says that uh, the way you, you pronounce her name is Iowana and. I won a, I won a new Cara. I won a new Cara. That's great. Yes. That should be a fun one. Oprah would, would love that name. Yes, right? exactly. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we should have Lisa Hill and maybe Ty Bollinger. I, well, we should have Ty Bollinger. Yeah, Actually, the, finished uh, up the, the thing's over now. I've been hearing some, some people that call up that know me and said, dude, I just bought the thing. Yeah, I bought one and I get five free to give away to friends. Right, the whole thing, which people are doing, which is mm-hmm. great. I'm glad to hear that. Yep. So, and then uh, Thanksgiving. Woohoo! Yep. So that's what we got. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. By the way, Bolden didn't comment after I gave him the opportunity on. Friday. I know he stays quiet. See, I know how to make him shut up. It's like he ghosted when, you. When he coming on the show? There. He doesn't exist. 
You know, I'm not here, he says. I'm not here. You thought I was here. I was just pretending. What are you doing, Bolden? Are you having a vegan Thanksgiving? Do tell. I'm not judging. <laughs> We're going to have a vegan cheesecake that we got from uh, our, our new cheesecake friend from last week. You know what? I Probably completely that. forgot about that. Yeah. I completely forgot. That's right. There's a cheesecake coming. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. More dessert for you. That will be my only dessert. Yeah. I got it. Oh, gosh. I got to head out and get a bowling ball for my wife today. It's her birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You got to take pictures. Of the bowling ball for my wife. Yeah. Of, of her bowling. Of her bowling. Yes. Well, I don't. Uh, did we tell the story after we, we Kevin was in town for an event? Which one was it? I forget. And we went out to an organic restaurant, and and our buddy Charlie was there. And then afterwards, we did go bowling. My wife and kids were there, and which it was great. And um, she had like a triple split. Uh, you know, one of those that was like one of those impossible shots. Mm. And she's not a bowler. I mean, she knows how to bowl, but it's like you know, when's the last time she went out bowling? Never. And she hit the, we were watching this thing happen unfold before our eyes. I'm like, we were going bonkers. It was like one of the most shots. Like I could, I would say, I would tell everybody, I made this shot. Right. And she did it. I've never seen that done. Did it. It wow. Like, it was a triple split and she got it all. It was like the most incredible thing in the midst of, so yeah, we'll take her bowling. I said, well, I said, I have to get her bowling ball. She's really good. At least that one shot was. It's a heck of a gift. I mean, I guess she's a bowler, but no, she's I, again, I still say it's better than the year that you bought her a vacuum cleaner. But it was a good one. That it was a really yeah. good one. Yeah, doesn't count. <laughs> I thought I was a good guy. Uh, it just so it just sounds wrong. What a horrible husband I am. I know. There you go. Merry Christmas. Up with me. I don't know how she puts up, but she does. Love you, honey. <laughs> Thank you, everybody that that joined us on our AMA on on uh, last Saturday. It was it was I think the best attended one we've done yet, and it was cool because I was able to upload it like immediately as soon as you gave me. I was able to download it. I downloaded it yeah. and I was able to upload it straight to Patreon yeah. because now they allow you to do that. And I was able to attach uh-huh. the transcript from the chat room all in the same post. Wow, yeah, now, it was cool. Here's the thing, Super D. Not to give you more work, but you may have already thought of this. Backing up the backup because you never know when patrons going to go. We don't like you guys. Right. Well, I have the file. Okay. Just be yeah. Sure. So yeah. Cause I download the, 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 the videos yeah. and then I upload them to there. So in the event that that ever happened, I still have the files. Yeah. And we gave a, a five sets of the new sinus relief spray by sovereign silver now labeled for a sinus along with the sovereign silver first aid gel uh, with your trivia questions. Including one I have to send to Canada. I have to go through customs for that, but I'm happy to do it to say thank you for you guys for going above and beyond just sharing the show and supporting us directly like that. So thank you. Yep. But if, yeah, if you missed it, it's up and it's available to be watched. And our next one will be sometime in December. We'll have to look at when we'll do it in December. But it was really great. Yeah, we had a good time. Okay. I think All right. enough for one day. Yep. Good. It was like yeah, two and a half hours today. On the way to the three-hour show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see you tomorrow when you can win a new car. No, her name. No, no. The guest's name is I want a new car. <laughs> I want. I want a new car. Do we, the car. Do we have um, another guest or just one guest scheduled tomorrow? Just one guest tomorrow, and then. All right, um, Bolden. Maybe I can get which you on is okay. Tuesday. 
You know what? If Bolden wants to slide into that spot, let me just double check here. Yeah. So we've got, I want a new Kara. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's all I'm showing on there. So if Bolden shows up tomorrow, mm -hmm. cool. He can join. All right. If he doesn't, then we'll just uh, have an hour to ourselves mm -hmm. and talk about stuff that's going on in the news. Thanks to Leslie. I don't feel so bad. One year she received a stainless steel trash can for her birthday. Way to go, James. <laughs> and she said she would rather have the vacuum. Okay. <laughs> Feeling a little better about myself. Thank you, Leslie. All right. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. And uh, thanks to our two guests today, Dr. Mark Sherwood. And, uh, well, that topic of loneliness and the whole history of that. Stella, thank you for that. And uh, we'll, God will see you tomorrow, less than 22 hours from now. Play some Mickey, right. Mickey Friendly music on this uh, Thanksgiving Monday. Will do. Have a good day, guys.